This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons, patrons such as Sam Lynn, Megan Krantz, and Let the Rocks Fall. Uh, if you'd like to join them, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. We can only do this because of our patrons, and we really appreciate each and every one of you. So again, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireball's Dispatch, our monthly Q&A uh, listener response game announcement episode. Yeah, where we give the cruelest month a merciful goodbye. It's hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get caught, April. Don't get caught. Yeah, don't yeah. get caught. Um, don't be caught slipping. Hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. we're just, uh, uh, this is going to be an all questions episode because y'all are prolific when you write in. And, uh, also we, we've got a jam packed lightning round as well. Cause we didn't get through all those. Yes. It's also just in behind the curtains. I'm having a brain glucagen day. I'm having yeah. a, a day where my brain just being slow. Mm-hmm. I got case slow brain. I got after this, I'm going to go do some manual labor. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm fit for right now. I, I, you know, put me on the minds of Mars. Yes. Uh, today i'm having one of those minds of mars day yeah uh, get, the, get, get, get the blood flowing get your brain right for tomorrow yeah just yeah just today's basically a wash yeah you yeah. know i know it's early <laughs> i'm just i'm just giving up and then tomorrow things will get better sometimes a winter um, skips a day it's fine yeah yeah i'm gonna go ahead and get us started here with a comment uh and ordinarily we don't read praise but this is very sweet and it's not for us so we're going to uh limo uh, says just a small piece of praise for Gwen. It's your pod anyway, so feel free not to read, but a small compliment by way of an anecdote. When best quality vacuum was new, I'd have it in my podcast playlist to listen to while working. And this awesome guitar riff would start up. And I think, what the heck is this? What podcast has this cool guitar? And then I realize and think, oh yeah, BQV. Uh, I should look up who did the music for this and see if they have other music. Then I heard you mention offhandedly on another cast that it was Gwen. Oh, the new producer we saw on the latest duck stream. Awesome. Go multi-talented Gwen. So does Gwen also have more music like a SoundCloud page or something? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gwen, Gwen's in a band. Yes. Uh, and they're on Bandcap. Uh, Bandcamp. Uh, Bandcamp is a different website. Um, yes. That's uh, yeah. Andy Caps. Cool, brother. <laughs> it's where, it's where yeah. the, it's where all the bands lie to each other. Um, yeah. yeah. No, the, uh, but they're on Bandcamp as a trash sound conglomerate and they're going on tour here coming up. Yeah. Take a look yeah. uh, on all social media feeds mm-hmm. yeah and uh gwen did the uh the theme for orb as well and has done a few like uh occasionally when we've had a variant like a variant theme here on waff she's done a few mm-hmm. of those um yeah yeah no, just a uh, multi-talented is right very talented yeah. Mm-hmm. uh yeah and uh she'll hear this because she'll edit this but uh we'll also pass it along yeah hi gwen hey gwen 
moving on to game questions, uh, Kyle asks, uh, in a recent episode, y'all mentioned the idea of food companies engineering food products to be addictive and such. I think this gives them way too much credit. My wife has worked for a bunch of big brands and I work in food marketing. The reality is that most of the folks in lab coats are too busy trying to make the food cheaper or longer lasting. Meanwhile, <laughs> the executives really only care of the revenue is getting bigger, faster than costs. Uh, the idea of longer lasting uh, applying to a mm. bunch of food, just picturing like 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 an all day Cheeto. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, like an all like an all day business holly. Yeah. Like just a Cheeto you eat all day. Like a, eats like a meal. You know, like a big Euro tower, but it's a Cheeto tower. Yep. And everyone has a gnaw when they come in the front door. It's, it starts. It starts out as a breakfast Cheeto at the top, and at the bottom, it's just it's your midnight. Yeah, snack. there's some eggs in the top, and the, yeah. the bottom there's ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, notions like quote craveability, uh, come from the advertising side where we mostly sell the second best ideas that come from teams of drunk 25 year olds who have been locked in a conference room for 10 hours. <laughs> Even food sensory studies are based on a sing- on a single serving size, not repeat consumption. I have a textbook on it. Uh, does it matter uh, that the reality doesn't match the narrative if the outcome is the same? And how do we make similarly inaccurate attributions to video game companies as sinister entities? Yeah. yeah. Sorry uh, for uh, swerving into your lane there. Uh, I, I mostly say the guys in lab coats making sure you like that food forever because that is an Aquid reference. It's uh, It also comes up in Freaks and Geeks. Like mm-hmm. it comes up in, in a couple different pop culture things. Yeah. There's something that makes, you know, there, if it's not the guys in lab coats uh, doing it, there's something that makes us like look at a McDonald's cheeseburger mm-hmm. and like whatever the thing in your brain that lights up mm-hmm. when you eat that and your brain's like, oh, this is good. This will sustain me through this harsh winter. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that that's probably preyed upon, but I definitely get the point that like, yeah, you know, the, the making it like bottom line, like, yeah, that's obviously going to be the most important thing. It's fun um, to it's fun to think that there is like a sinister agency behind what is what is going on because the actual answer is we are the ones who make sure that this food is always around, you know. Well, just uh, our, our, food our cheaper and longer cre- lasting is kind of sinister as it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kyle kind of said it, it's it's not that sinister, and then posited something way more sinister. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like no, no shade. But. Yeah. I don't want to blame the electorate either, but like, I don't know, we, we've not necessarily gotten together and gotten a lot of political will around like corn subsidies, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, it's a, it's, it's more complicated. And with games, you know, like, I don't know, there's no, there's no conspiracy that gives us half finished stuff, um, that is put out or, you know, just kind of big map uh, kind of things like, yeah, they're like psychologists who work and consult on these things, but you know, game companies are responding to demand a lot of the time. It's quite well. literally trying to make games cheaper and longer lasting. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same thing. Like <laughs> yeah. the, this whole, it's the same capitalism behind both. Yeah. You know, it's, it's how businesses work, you know? So it's, it's not a sinister entity. That's like saying they're like, ha ha ha. I'm doing this because it's worse. Yeah. They're doing it because their value is not in art. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're not attempting to create the best art. They're attempting to make the thing that can wring the most money out of people. Yes. You know, yeah. you know, hence whale hunting pay to win, uh, yes. you know, game as a service kind of things, uh, you yeah. know, 
just like everything, it is uh, a, a system of incentives that are perverse and uh, warp the product and us in turn. Yes. Uh, Austin says, I'm really looking forward to something light and short yet still immersive to serve as a palate cleanser between FromSoft games without feeling like a huge quality dip. I beat Elden Ring and Sekiro, then started Dark Souls and didn't even get through the first hour of the game before I realized I needed a break from the dense, high high difficulty, long form kind of campaign. Everything I find is either not satisfying fantasy wise, not visually gripping. I know it's uncool, but I want great graphics and whatever I play next. Nothing retro. Uh, And just really feels like it's a game with too few versions and is super fucking existential i know i sound impossible to please i'm a gamer after all but the main things are the beauty of the verbs and something light uh so we have a recommendation for something light that has the beauty the verbs Uh uh, and is not retro it's what i'm noticing from austin's question here is if you want something fantasy themed that is you know a big dumb game you're you're just not gonna get it fantasy themed always comes with the freight of oh yeah it's gonna it needs to be 100 100 hours long infinitely replayable like skyrim kind of stuff right or retro like there's you know there's like fazanadu Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, there's, there's old stuff, but if you're looking for something modern light fantasy that isn't a thousand hours long, uh, you know, so not like replayable, mm-hmm. you know, not like a roguelike kind of thing. That's, yeah. that's hard to find. Like, I the, mean, you know, I don't, I don't think that it sounds too hard to please. It's just, it's a, it's a tricky set of constraints. There's that one game with a real Teflon title that was just recently announced, like immortals of Aver kingdom lawn stan kingdom of amalur no no different thing no. uh I think of through kingdom it. yeah it's, it's like immortals of something where like the remit mm-hmm. is we want to make a big dumb call of duty campaign but it's magic instead of guns and dragons instead of helicopters you know oh yeah it yeah, was like literally just announced like like a week or two ago seems fine whatever but uh like that that is like the only thing that i can think of you know you could go like orthogonal to this like have you played the order 1808 or whatever that is yeah you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a three hour long victorian werewolf game right yeah 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 you know? uh I, yeah i don't I, it's also a thing too where the the hard part of this question is that i don't typically when i'm looking for a short palette cleanser between mm-hmm. these uh these big things um i go roguelike for these because right. it feels complete Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I try to get immersed in another roguelike where that's actually not a light game. It's just every individual run of it is light. Yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of a tricky thing. Like this specific release valve that Austin's looking for is served differently depending on your gamer type. Shit, boot up Oblivion and then just do the Dark Brotherhood quest. Yeah, but again, <laughs> retro. The graphic like, has to God be modern and pretty. That's the tricky thing. <laughs> wait, wait, um, wait a minute. You're, you're telling me that Oblivion's not retro? Oblivion's retro? I'm sorry. It's a, it I was in college when that came out, sir. All-time ugliest sin games. I, I, <laughs> the way it's ugly is very funny to me. Yeah. Um, one of the very few games that, that fires my lol, this sucks, I love it uh, <laughs> thing. I just um, love the, the faces. Just sometimes somebody will post uh, a screen grab of an Oblivion face, and you're like, "Yeah, give me that. Yeah, give me that smashed in face. Fucking garbage." The um, <laughs> it's like something in a human Pekingese, uh, like the dog. You know, the um, will introduce me. This is neither here nor there, but it reminds me of wanting a break. Uh, 
Will introduced me to a great phrase because um, I was talking about uh, finishing Norco for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just did the sexy brutale and the quarry and we got pen, uh, Pentiment coming up. Uh, spoiler for the end mm-hmm. of the episode. Um, but just saying that uh, after that, I would like to have a break from like narrative heavy mechanics like games. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we've done too many in a row. And Will said, you know, he hasn't finished Pentiment because he had uh, it has a lot of giving a shit overhead. <laughs> and giving a shit overhead is a great phrase for like this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I just need to not give a shit mm-hmm. as much. Yeah. So yeah. 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 You know, get a, I understand wanting a break from a giving a shit overhead. Yeah. You know, but I, <laughs> I my, my release values for that are different. That's, that's pretty versatile actually, because I would say that's the reason why I haven't like started watching succession or any yeah. number of like prestige oh. drama shows like, Oh it's, no, it's no. A, it's a really great phrase for the, like, I can't take anything new on <laughs> right now. Like, which is, which is a, a thing where I, I have complex feelings about like, I, Oh, I, I can't watch a new show right now. It's just TV. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most passive forms of entertainment there is i'm just gonna get invested in a whole world and universe of characters and stuff and that just sounds mm-hmm. i have to care about that yeah and i can't i i'm out of care right the second mm-hmm. you know all my care is is tapped all my my Mar- mario paper mario badges are used up <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't want to unequip the the thing that widens my timing window yeah you know for jumps i rely on it yeah yeah so uh monster nuggets rights yeah good luck it's uh rough out there for that very particular constellation of uh things you're looking for uh (laughs) monster nuggets rights uh well i doubt it will be covered on waft due to the multiplayer centered forever game mechanics i was genuinely curious if either of you had ever played deep rock galactic Uh, it recently came to ps4 as of last year and it has been one of the most exhilarating games I've played in a while. The lore is charming. The gameplay is a mix of frenetic and calming. Uh, and the community is one of the most supportive and welcoming I have ever had the pleasure of being a part of. Uh, w- uh, I would like to hear either of your takes on it. And uh, would love to see you both uh, on Hoxes, Rock and Stone. I don't know what Hoxes are. Yeah, I didn't play long. I, I have played that game. Mm-hmm. I like that game, That's but neat. not enough yeah. to internalize uh, the reference. Right. I know the um, rock and stone thing. Yes. I don't remember. I don't know what Hawks is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like it. It's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It's just a squad based multiplayer game. And I always end up playing those for like five hours, mm-hmm. you know, over the course of a few games and then just kind of not touching them because I don't know yeah. gaming solitary activity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like it. Uh, I admire it. I think it's neat. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. The times I played it. We did um, a good sized chunk of it uh, on Duckstream last year. Mm. Me and uh, uh, the level folks minus Jala um, uh, for that particular one, uh, and it's good. Like I like the like the, the the classes have really neat distinctions. I love the engineer where you're making the platforms and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's the kind of game that I probably wouldn't like pick up and start trying to figure out myself, but I really enjoy like having at least two people in the party who know what's going on. So I can just kind of turn my brain off and follow orders, you know, and just yeah. be like, I'm helping. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of a, deal. It takes a really cool uh, game design loop that we see in bits and bobs in, uh, in other games and makes it a primary thing, which is going into a place in safety and then having to backtrack yeah. uh, under duress, which is a really interesting 
um, or relative safety, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting mechanic. Like there's shades of that, and like like that's how Mortal Shell did all its dungeons. You know, if you recall, like yeah. you had to, you know, you made your way through and it was a regular dungeon, but things got worse and you had to make your way back after having familiarized yourself with the space. And that's like a minor game design trick that happens all the time. You know, like, uh, you know, playing Resident Evil 4, uh, mm-hmm. the remake, you go through, you know, an area and it's real quiet, you know, but really <laughs> it's just there so you can see the geometry. So like when you get chased, you know, you kind of know what to expect. Yeah. It's real cool to centralize that gameplay concept i think mm-hmm. it's a real economical way to design a game too actually yeah. yeah 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 it's a cool game it's really cool yeah uh in favor in favor. Uh, alex says uh, i recently gone down a strange rabbit hole of args and other oddball marketing slash advertising for video games it's really fascinating reading about the lengths a company will go to spread awareness about a game see pretty much any of acclaim's marketing stunts circa 2001 Hilariously terrible failures of viral marketing, like All I Want for Christmas is a PSP, and the absolutely wild shit like the Trials Evolution Easter egg. Do you have any viral marketing campaigns ARG that you find to be memorable or even enjoyed? Have you ever played along with one, or just do you watch from a distance, or do you try to ignore them? I know Cole has a background in advertising. Did the company you work for ever try anything like that? How is the Duckfeed ARG going? Uh, (laughs) Will is in charge of that yeah uh nobody's found a single clue he was really yeah. good at making these things so he he did one and somebody somebody figured it out oh yeah he did one in guppy yeah, oh somebody okay got the answer yeah huh yeah he's a little puzzle boy he's a guessing <laughs> lad he, he loves that shit <laughs> happy birthday will uh as oh, we're recording this happy birthday will yeah yeah um yeah it's um so never no, no company i ever worked for uh like had us on an arg or anything we were more of a video production company and they you know tried to you know pitch us and <laughs> tried us to get to get to do a bunch of like content marketing kind of stuff and it's just like no i'm here to write videos guys it was a mess of a company uh but um it, you know I, not a huge arg guy i think that i got that out of my system by following the i love bees stuff and the run-up to halo 2 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um uh, and this one yeah. And obviously, um, you know, following the frog fractions uh, stuff from afar, uh, Jim and team did an amazing job of making that really entertaining to both read about and, you know, participate in is the mm-hmm. sense that I got. I never participated, but it was fun to read about. Yeah, I, I that's the one I'm most familiar with because the Jim reached out like a, there's a part of it in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, in souls of darkness that is related to it but the um it is it's a thing this is gonna make me sound very lame i never know when these are happening <laughs> nope I, I i don't uh i only read about them like a decade later yeah for the most part like i had no idea what i love bees is mm-hmm. uh, i just didn't it just missed it and then i just read about it later and everyone's oh yeah i remember the i love bees thing no. not me you know i i got nothing uh, not I even with like it. uh marble hornets kind of stuff like that was I got real arg that was arg i got into that after it was already basically done gotcha you know so it wasn't a decade after but it was after it so i could just look at a wiki and be like here's the tweet the reference is this mm-hmm. uh you know and put it together the closest thing to an arg that i follow now is the on cinema universe i was gonna say that because you mentioned the tweet in the wiki yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that is the closest thing that I actually into. I'm interested. This is very similar to the Deep Rock Galactic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested. I think this is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I always miss it, and I also I don't have a brain for it. Like this kind of puzzle, like oh, there's this weird sound. If I take this and isolate it and slow it down and reverse it, mm-hmm. it gives me a web address. 
you know, and that web address has coordinates. And if we go there, there's a doll buried, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I just don't have a brain for it. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I just, yeah. So mm-hmm. I like reading about it though. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Lucky writes, it's been several years since I played Mark of the Ninja, but I remember having a pr- uh, pretty good time with it. The game really made me feel like a badass ninja. Thinking of other games involving stealth, it makes me realize the importance of information. Not just how it's presented to the player, but how the player finds information. A lot of the games I'm familiar with fall on one of two sides in the approach to stealth and stealth and information. Either it's trial and error where you just have to try and blindly sneak through uh, to places without getting caught, or it's more of a puzzle where they give you all the information you need about the pieces. uh, And it's your job to figure out which tools to use uh, in which places in order to succeed. As someone who hasn't played any of the Hitman games, uh, is that series a good example of a happy medium? Hey, I don't think there's a whole lot of trial and error in Hitman if you don't want there to be. Yeah. Uh, Hitman is something where you can observe most things mm-hmm. and get the information in advance. It's just whether you want to. And I think the cool thing about Hitman uh, is that it ends up being a little bit of a, a happy medium because you'll run into a limit of how, like, you'll think you have a full picture. There's more information available, but you're ready to go, mm-hmm. you know, and then something will go wrong and that gives you space to improvise. You know, but if you sit down and just like watch it, the information's there, Mm -hmm. you know, there's probably a way to play through that and just kind of, you know, be with enough observation and kind of care, do really, really well without a lot of failing in advance. Uh, I just don't have that gene and I think it's fun to fuck up in Mm -hmm. it. Um, So I think it kind of lands at kind of a happy medium, uh, but I think that it also has the capacity to be something that will give you the information. Yeah. I think the more distance we get from it, and we even remarked on this just when we were tabling a Midwest gaming classic, but like Hitman, the world of assassination, you know, that trilogy, like obviously mm-hmm. there are like low point missions in those or whatever, but like that's probably about as close to a perfect like must play like this is a platonic ideal of what I want a video game to be kind of stuff. It's really, really uh, up there. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of, you know, there's there's games that I like more. Mm-hmm. Because they hit my specific yeah, yeah weak points, you know, like if you put a gun to my head and was like, you know, do you like that or Darkest Dungeon better? It'd be difficult for me to say, but Darkest Dungeon is so much like trickier and less universal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weirder and like you know, it's a, it's a smaller fit. It's a more narrow cast. Yeah, yeah. Hitman, in terms of like a big budget thing, like the kinds of worlds I want to experience and the kind of way I want systems interact, like it is a pretty perfect intersection of those things. Mm-hmm. And every single time we bring it up, I'm like, I'm going to run the trilogy again. Uh, and that I don't have time for. Mm-hmm. So I think people to stop bringing it up. No, just, <laughs> like, stop it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it, it is just like, man, that sounds good. I can go, mm-hmm. I can run through every mission in Hitman. Sure. Let's yeah, go. Hank, <laughs> I love those levels. I want to be there. It's, it's weirdly how it's weird how good that game is. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, and especially in like, a conversational context like it, it is useful uh, as a comparison piece mm-hmm. um and it, it speaks so well because there's so many games that do stuff wrong that hitman does specifically right yeah so like we find ourselves reaching for it constantly to be like man i wish this was more like hitman mm-hmm. it's a real achievement yeah like yeah just to be this yardstick mm-hmm. of yeah mm, 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 mm. 
Mm. No, man. I don't want to hear Double anything a. more. Mm, mm. I, <laughs> I don't want to hear anything more about him, man. Hey, Gary, what's the next question? Oh, uh, greetings, gents. <laughs> This is uh, James uh, says this. Also, Jonathan asks as well. Knowing your love of Hit- the Hitman series, uh, have you, <laughs> you played around say, with James? <laughs> or planning on checking out the relatively new freelancer mode? Really impressed uh, how despite moving on towards the 007 game, IOI graciously dropped a massive free update two years after Hitman 3's release that completely added a new element that, in my opinion, truly brings it into the forever game consideration. Outside of all of the challenge and tension, it has one small bonus uh, is that since the game randomizes map NPCs as targets, sometimes you'll wind up uh, Whittleton Creek in Whittleton Creek and smile when you realize old Helen West has been selected as one of the syndicate members <laughs> that, if you're if, in your words, has got to go. Uh, although one time I did have to send Dale the mailman to the great bus stop in the sky <laughs> with an exploding phone. Not one of my proudest assignments. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten a chance to do this because I, again, I have this weird sense of wanting to run the series again. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a sickness that I have. Um, but I'm looking, it's, it's in my pocket, you know, it, it's in this like, man, oh, I, mean, I got to play that. It's a, it's a source of anxiety and thrill mm-hmm. uh, for me, <laughs> you know, I, it, it I, cuts multiple ways. I feel very comfortable knowing that it is there waiting for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched some playthroughs of it. It looks mm-hmm. neat. Yeah, uh, I like the way that it has continuity. I like the way that you choose who you're working for and encourages different kinds of play styles. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, you know, silent assassin, zero spotting, you know, perfect yeah. uh, play styles. Like there's there's a, a syndicate that rewards you for going loud, which mm-hmm. is something that, again, Hitman just being this fucking incredible game has always contained. Yeah. You know, like it's a pretty good actual third person shooter. Mm-hmm. Where you, where it's always a bad idea if you're doing that. Yeah, but like the it's it's fun and satisfying to do. Yeah, so I just they, they they gave you such good sandboxes uh to play in and such good toys to move around in the sandbox that like mm-hmm. it is a very smart move to figure out a way to kind of like systemically recombine them. You know, even more so than they already were because they had the escalation missions and stuff like there was a ton of variety already built into the game uh, and giving this as kind of a, you know, cherry on top of what was already there. Uh, just what a uh, generous company. Um, it reminds me a lot of um, what Edmund McMillan did with the Binding of Isaac before Repentance came out yeah. um, where he was like, I'm done updating this, but hey, I've just released these workshop tools. Go nuts modding, you know, like the community yeah. has it now. Like mm-hmm. you get, you guys make it a forever game. They went back and did one last expansion. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it, it's now it's in the community's hands. Same thing with darkest dungeon one. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're making darkest dungeon two, which is not very much like the first one. And they're just like, yeah, the modding tools are out there and people are making incredible mods. You know, that can be your darkest dungeon 1.5. Yeah. You know, we're going to move on. Like, I love the idea of giving something a forever home as you turn your attention away from it. This is a different approach, like turning into a roguelike, but it reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah. Good Uh, stuff. Very good. Uh, Daniel writes, what kind of rules did you have around playing games as a kid? When I was young, I could play whenever, so long as I kept my grades up and did whatever I was supposed to do around the house. But my SO wasn't even allowed, uh, wasn't allowed to even touch them. And my best friend had very limited time uh, and he had to sneak controllers when his parents weren't sneak out controllers when his parents weren't home. Uh, Gary famously does not plan to have children, but if either of you did have any, uh, what would your household rules be? I am known far and wide 
for my Baron ball sack. Uh, <laughs> you know what? That's, that's your choice. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the, the British you that great for your balls. I, I, two little tiny graves, two little side by sewing tombstones holding hands. I like to think my balls would be friends. Um, the, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. You don't want to have a real, like, you know, Felix and yeah, I know. you don't have an odd couple situation. Going yeah. On you get a little Newton's cradle rowdy. going on. Yeah. One's real rowdy. <laughs> you, know, you got a party ball and then you got a business ball and like they don't get along i'm sad that they discontinued the party ball before i got to have one yeah <laughs> do you remember the party ball i do remember the party ball just a pressurized <laughs> orb of beer <laughs> it's like a grenade it's a half-life weapon <laughs> pump 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 throw <laughs> the, uh, you combine fucks um I did not have a rule, but if I got uh, too stimulated uh, early on before my parents decided to, to leave uh, or leave me to my own devices, uh, I would be stopped. So yeah. like I remember I have a very distinct memory of being over at uh, one of my mom's friend's house. They had a Nintendo and playing the NES game Trojan. Okay. Uh, and my mom being like, you know, you have to stop. You're going to get Nintendo fever because <laughs> uh, I was like really excited playing Trojan. Yeah. Uh, but that's my only memory of any kind of rules. After that, I was basically a free range child and could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. Um, really no rules, like not even like grade dependent, uh, kind of just going with, I was just never, I was never really supervised, you know, mm. just kind of, can just family just left, left me home alone way too young or figured, Oh, Chris, Chris is 10. He can watch Cole. Yeah. The big <laughs> one's watching the little one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like that kind of stuff. Like my um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there were never any rules. Just occasionally, like I don't know, I would like I would just get in trouble because of a school thing, but they wouldn't implicate the games at all. Like they never took it away. They never really did anything other than just express their disappointment that I was lazy or lapsed on something. Mm. You, you know, just yeah. get real mad at me uh, and like you know, guilt kind of stuff. Uh, the only real rule that I can think of is if there was company at all, I could not play games. I was forced, mm. I was forced to be out, uh, and just subjected to all of these socializing people. with adults. Yeah. So like you know, a weird with, way they forced you as kid. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, there was that. And I shit, man, part of one of the, <laughs> a lot of reasons I want to have a kid. Uh, but like, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to have to think about those rules. I don't just, whatever. It's complicated. It's, it's really different than when I grew up. Yeah, I don't I don't know how it would work now. I no. my my best friend growing up, uh his parents wouldn't let him have a Nintendo. Um I had a Nintendo, he'd come over to my house and play it. Mm-hmm. But they would let him have a Game Boy. And it was such an arbitrary distinction. And I remember oh, yeah. being a kid and not having the vocabulary, but wanting to explain to his parents, like, all you're doing is making it so he plays worse games. <laughs> He's playing video games as much as I am, but he's sitting down and playing like, you know, uh the Simpsons go to camp yeah. game. Like, like it's a real video game and like, come on, like you're, you're just punishing him yeah. for, for this hobby. You know, this you're isn't con- actually reducing the amount of screen time. You're consigning him to nothing but the worst Castlevanias and Mega Man's. Yeah. Like it, it's just skewing his, his view of this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, he got into Pokemon and then oh, that was yeah. it, you know, yeah. cause like that was on there and he was, he spent more time on that or as much time on that as I did playing Super Nintendo and Nintendo. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, yeah, the, the, they can be really arbitrary, but the thing that made me think of that, that reminded me of that is you saying that you wouldn't understand how to 
limit kids game time now. I think that was his parents not getting it. Like yeah. to them, they made a choice like, oh, this is smaller. Therefore, it's less, mm-hmm. you know, or something. And those are the kind of mistakes we would make right now trying to, to limit our kids screen time. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, just it, it, just out of lack of understanding, you know. Yeah. If I if I uh, had kids, if I were going to do it, I think I would just say, you know, limit your empty calorie entertainment time. But I don't care how you use it. Mm-hmm. You know, or I don't care what medium it is. Like I don't want you watching <laughs> YouTube or Nazis or whatever. But like, right. you know what I mean. Like if somebody, yeah. if a kid is like way into watching a TV show or playing mm-hmm. a video game, I don't think that there's a huge qualitative difference between those two things. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't think one of them rots your brain more than another. Yeah, that's so. probably. I, I mean, I, I think I think that the 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 root of all a lot of this is just understanding what the kid wants out of it and what they're getting out of it, and making sure yeah. that those line up. You know, yeah, yeah. It's real weird that like growing up, you know, adults when I was a kid thought that video games were worse for me than TV. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then when I, I looked at uh, when the Gary Butterfield Memorial Library YouTube series, which I'll, I'll do more of at some point, mm-hmm. I found an old book called The Plug-In Drug uh, <laughs> at a thrift store that's about the dangers of television. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, how that was the thing in the mm-hmm. 80s. But by the time I was growing up in the 90s, uh, that TV was virtuous. Like, just park here and just stare. This is yeah. great. But if you're holding a controller, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, it's a real yeah. arbitrary distinction. You know, nothing but a little zombie. You get the gamer eyes. You know, you get that. Yeah. Uh, bl- you got Nintendo stare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas like, oh, I can just sit here and literally watch TV until my eyeballs fucking fall out. Like, mm-hmm. and, and very similar to my friend with the Game Boy, it just meant I was doing worse stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like watching like fucking coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it was on. And, and like, I would have been more enriched and better served playing through the Mega Man games again. Yeah. You know? And just say parents didn't have the vocabulary understanding to, to get that. It's so. funny because everybody, everybody grew up having a thing they liked, a thing they liked to do demonized. And then uh, they turn around and don't see the same pattern happening. So you go from yeah. comic books to pinball, you know, before that pool, uh, you know, with the music man. River City. Yeah. Right here, River City. <laughs> Trouble, River City. Yeah. Dungeons <laughs> oh. and Dragons, video games, the MTV, yeah. you know, it, so MySpace. It, it, <laughs> It's like, why, like, I try my best to, like, absolutely pump the brakes whenever I feel like a, a moral component when I get cranky about something like a TikTok. Right. You know, like, I, I find that I, that format doesn't work for me, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't I don't think it's and there are there are more there are arguments around that in terms of data security and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Within the context of the question, mm-hmm. uh, I always try to kind of pump the brakes if I'm like, uh, kids, in these TikToks. And it's like, well, yeah. yeah, this is like what is stopping this from just being Super Nintendo? Right. You know, and, and being scared of nothing like, mm-hmm. yeah. So in general, I think a lot of those household rules are bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> know. your kids run wild. They know what they need. Yeah. Well, yeah. They'll be a, be a big, big, uh, what is it? A big pile you know, <laughs> where the wild things are. Um, oh, Mr. Mundus says in honor of the discussion of Ravenholm from the last dispatch, what are your thoughts on horror levels and segments in non-horror games? Uh, any particularly good cough, cough, shale bridge, cradle, cough, or bad ones. Shale bridge cradle mm. is a really good, a uh, really good example on that. It's like the Ur example. Yeah. It's such a good yes. one that it's hard for me to think of, um, <laughs> to think of another that, uh, I got one Ravenholm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, uh, it's weird when a game, like, will just have a scary level. 
yes. you know, in the middle. It doesn't happen as often as you might think for this to be, I don't have a deep well of these. It's not that there are none, but I don't have a deep well because it, it, it doesn't happen that often. I don't think. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, Oh, uh, uh, the Oceanside motel. Yeah. Bud lines is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a horror themed <laughs> game up until that point, but all, 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 th- all three examples are ones that I did on hex crank when I wanted to do like a little series on yeah. horror levels and non horror games. You know, what's a weird kind of example of that almost is almost the, uh, the Innsmouth escape from dark corners of the earth, because that's a horror game throughout, but it gets less of a horror game as it goes. Yeah. Like the back half. It's barely, you know, I game. mean, just like, like it gets into like, you, you, the, it's a different kind of horror. It's a standout level. I would say the same thing about, um, the fun house in, um, oh gosh, Witcher or not, but not Witcher three, sorry. The fun house in silent hill three. Sorry, I'm mm, looking yeah, at an yeah. article of the scariest horror levels and non-horror games, and there are some good examples here. Uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, like you know that like the the fun house in Silent Hill Three is a different kind of horror that is one of the most effective and memorable sections of that. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. do, 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 you, do you want me to hit me with some, like some of these that are here? Yeah, yeah. Lay, lay some Google on me. Yeah, like the uh, the white phosphorus from uh, from Spec Ops: The Line. I'm sure. Like yeah, it's a different it's more kind of a sequence. Horror, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and um, also like a very different kind of war crimes. You did them. Uh, the plant vault from uh, Fallout New Vegas they have here. Again, again, kinda, kinda, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah like it's not that scary. The uh, the Von Everick estate from Hearts of Stone, Witcher Three. Okay, yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. If you're there, uh, th- th- this is a good one. Ba- uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, um, uh, the, 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 the morgue, or I would break that out to any of the scarecrow stuff. Yeah. The Except games. for the boss fight. Yes. Uh, yeah. which is just, is not scary. It's yeah. like fighting the Colossus of Rhodes and uh, <laughs> God of War. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so just a c- couple of examples there, but like nothing as good or stand out or like, you know, a platonic ideal as, uh, you know, Shellbridge. Right. Yeah. And, and Ravenhold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We're at about 40 minutes here. Do you want to go let's on to other on kinds to, of questions? Yeah. Let's do other kinds of questions. Again, as a reminder, this is oops, all questions. Yes. So yeah. if you're waiting for the topic, tough shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's uh, Gotham say? <laughs> oh, and, and very nice to meet you, Gotham. Yes. We met you at the Midwest gaming classic. Yeah. There are a handful of people that we met at the Midwest gaming classic who have wrote in here, uh, but it was very nice yeah. uh, meeting, meeting all you. Gotham and uh, Kathleen. Very yes. nice to meet you um the uh so life question here from gotham uh cole i think i speak for the entire world when i say we need more whales shamrock content what do the continued adventures of those rapscallions look like are they getting the band back together for one last score or just trying to stay one step ahead of their Mori- moriarty-esque nemesis william hughes it's 2023 uh and prime time to flesh out the duck feed extended cinematic universe uh, P.S. Kathleen and I loved meeting you all at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, yeah, you're always welcome nice in the bench seat. Uh, I, I would like to come back, but I, you, you need to deal with your Kia boys' problems. Yeah, you got an infestation. <laughs> uh, it's worth noting that Will Hughes is not the Moriarty enemy of the Shamrock Club no. because he had a group, or Will's uh, Shamrock, because uh, he had a group called the Losers Club, you know, based <laughs> on, on it, of course, uh-huh. where they would drive around like listening to like sad boy friend zone songs. Yay! Uh, he's talked about that, like Vertical Horizon and shit. <laughs> uh, they had like mixes of that. So they, they, they he, have an opinion he, on who is who's a god and who is not. Yes, uh, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's 
Uh, so he, he's not quite the Moriarty. He's more of like, it's more like Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. <laughs> Like, <laughs> for Pokemon Losers Club and Pokemon, Pokemon Whale Shamrock. For anybody who's completely lost, this is a detail that uh, was very tactically deployed after years of knowing Gary and these people. Uh, it was on the adaptation that came about Sonic 2. When I was in high school, uh, there was just a good friend group name, Whale Shamrock, named after a fictional bar that just happened to be wherever we congregated. It was a Real- nautical Irish bar. Uh, I mean, I don't know how nautical it was, but it was Irish. Yes. Well, who's the whale? Suspense. <laughs> you don't know how nautical it is. Fuck you. <laughs> Somebody owns the shamrock. <laughs> it's the second second half of the name of it. It's. I, I think that the the thing that you and Will have in common that is so dorky to myself and the rest of Gen Pop uh-huh. is that you named your friend group. Yeah. No, it's like, terrible. I, yeah. I imagine that's kind of common, but it's also. Like inescapably dorky. Yeah. Oh, also, like, I didn't name it. I just, I just didn't, I didn't contest it. I liked hanging like, out oh, with yeah, these people, and that's, that's what me. it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to no. distance myself. Hey, folks, uh, I'd like to talk about the name a little bit. Uh, <laughs> what are we going for with this? <laughs> like, what do you want people to think about when they hear the whale shamrock is coming? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> right now, abject confusion. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, is it a leprechaun? Like what, kind of, what is the whale sh- shamrock? What does these two things have to do with each other? It's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like, um, if you, uh, want to get the drop on somebody, if you really want to get a few good hits in, you got to attack them naked. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, you got Eastern shocking. promises it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the, the tricky part about getting more of this content is, is I'm still in contact with these guys and they are more adults than me. <laughs> So like you, you they just have, gotta they, show up they, at their door like we're getting the band back together. You have to world's end them, dude. The, the, <laughs> like, you have to be the change in terms of getting updates. Yeah. Like you show up in the whale shamrock uniform <laughs> at the door and then just be like, leave your kids. We're go- we're heading to Applebee's or whatever. Yeah. You know, but but like it's a lot of kids. There's some divorces in the mix. There's some uh, lots of lots Our of volunteer work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, just... uh, it's the the end credits have already happened where it showed the updates of where are they now? Yeah, like the end of Stand by Me. <laughs> <laughs> Except instead of finding a corpse, you found a fucking bread basket at Denny's. <laughs> hey, we only went to Denny's if Fridays was closed. Come on. Okay, <laughs> Fridays. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's is so incredible. Uh, but yeah, I got to find out more about the losers as well. Losers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I also, to be clear, I did have a gr- a crew. We just didn't have a name. Yeah, yeah. So there, there was there was a crew. Like having, the, I'm not making fun of having friends. Yeah. <laughs> the, just, the, uh, if that was your angle, that would be so fucking funny. Very funny. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh, la di da. Yeah, you weren't but, you weren't home alone. But also, they're like uh, the, there aren't really stories that would be interesting. It's like a lot of camping trips, you know, like mm. go good go, go into a lake and car camping and getting way too drunk at like age nineteen, you know, sure. like get like get getting too drunk that we probably getting so drunk we we probably shouldn't have been swimming, but we definitely were mm, mm-hmm. singing you know? Irish sea songs. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, shanties. <laughs> uh, uh, moving on, uh, Jordan or Maya says, uh, hi, Gary and Cole. Uh, also really nice to see, uh, Jordan, uh, yeah. 
the uh, seeing them. Uh, being an enthusiast about language, including speaking one fluently, English, I sometimes get certain phrases or deliveries stuck in my head. The perennial example of this for me is thinking the phrase, it's toilet time for Tiny Town, almost hourly since the Genesis Tub Treehouse of Horror segment. Do either of y'all get certain phrases stuck in your head that you cannot purge despite your best efforts? And then bonus question, are there any songs which you have misheard the lyrics to and cannot or cannot simply hear the true lyrics when you listen? Lee Hughes would be happy to point out that this is called a Mondagreen, uh, and I'm sure he would happily entail why it's, why it's called that as well. At least I assume so. Will is a trivia parasite. <laughs> Uh, it's called that because of a commonly misheard lyric in a folk song. The lyric is laid him on the green. Uh, people would hear it as lady Monda green. And so it's called Monda green. I, I get why you did that joke, but it did step on Jordan calling Will a tri- trivia parasite. Well, I didn't want Will to be the incredible. only trivia parasite here. I know you guys, <laughs> the, the, the losers and Will Shamrock have finally come together. It's a sharks <laughs> versus jet situation. It, it, we've got a West side story going. <laughs> brought together by trivia the two <laughs> warring groups of uh sexless men have decided to form an uneasy truce <laughs> oh my god uh, i i i actually very specifically got it's toilet time for tiny town stuck in uh-huh. my head for a long time i wanted to make an album called that oh yeah i kind of i like the it's very poetic uh it's toilet hey. time for tiny town yeah th- th- there's a real consonance to that yeah yeah it's great yeah, um, I've I've got one. It's from a King of the Hill episode where Buck Strickland's trying to is getting a divorce, so he's trying to offload all of his stuff so Ms. Liz won't get it. You know, yes. uh, and he's just like handing out his personal possessions, and he and and he, and he hands something to Hank, and he just says, "Now you need to make sure <laughs> that Joe Jack gets this here scimitar." <laughs> <laughs> this here's scimitar. scimitar. <laughs> That's great. Also a good name for an album. <laughs> Make sure like Joe Jackets this here scimitar. That that's really good. <laughs> um Yeah, I I uh, I like d- get the new one of these every week. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to and and a lot of them are from 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 games and TV shows. Mhm. Yeah. Like some and stuff. Yeah, you can't build uh, a robot. Yeah. Be a robot. <laughs> you know. Yeah, something like that. I, I don't. I don't know that I have a uh, like a like a misheard lyric kind of thing. I've always been a lyric reader ever since mm. I was young. So I don't know. Uh, my my favorite one of Miss Lyric is uh, from What Loves What's Love Got to Do with It, uh, where Tina Turner says, "What's love but a second hand emotion." Mm-hmm. And I always heard it as what's love, but a second hand in motion, like, uh, on the clock, which <laughs> yeah. I think is kind of a, uh, really poetic line that I always yeah. heard it as, you know, huh. what is a love, but a second hand in motion? Like it's already running out, you mm-hmm. know, it changes the meaning of the song a lot, but that's, that's my big misheard. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I don't have a good answer. Uh, did, I, did you have another one besides uh, toilet time for tiny town? No, nah, not that off the top of my head. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's hear like Tom. This. Tom says, I'm a British dude and I've just booked flights to Portland and the Oregon coast with my girlfriend and her kids uh, to see where she grew up and meet her parents this summer. Can Gary recommend any good spots, either family friendly or adult orientated if the kids stop uh, with their grandparents for a night? Uh, do either of you have any advice, comedic or serious, for a Brit visiting the U.S. over the 4th of July? Oh, no. Welcome to Oregon. Yeah. 
Um, if you are going to, uh, so the Oregon coast, um, I'm not sure where you're going on the coast, uh, but I love the Oregon coast. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're going to be there for 4th of July, it's a fun place to see fireworks, uh, cause you see them reflected mm -hmm. in the water. Um, and they, they really do it up. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about, there's not much, at least in my experience, much that happens culturally around here with 4th no. of July, other than the fireworks display. So it's not like people are walking around dressed as flags with shotguns and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, all day long. So you, you, you'll be fine. You'll see some fireworks and eat some like carnival food if you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, and then in terms of uh, good spots, there's lots of stuff uh, around here. Uh, Portland has a great arcade scene. Um, Hillsboro, which is a suburb, has the my favorite arcade and one that was recently voted like one of the, by some organization, the world's best ar pinball arcade, mm. which is Next Level Games, uh, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, must go to destination if you like arcade games. Very kid friendly. Uh, no drinking happening mm -hmm. there um just this last weekend uh, i took my friends that have kids uh since i'm really angling for fun uncle uh took them to the underground blacklight 3d pirate themed mini golf place oh dang that it, yeah. i've been to before uh which i hadn't been to in a long time and it is a good fun time uh with kids there is a limit of four people but if you just like bring some kids with you Mm -hmm. They don't stop you and there's no reason for them to stop you. The guy was really funny. He's like, I'll make an exception this time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, well next time we're bringing eight people. <laughs> and then after that 10, we'll see whether your exception like, yeah. lasts. <laughs> you gave this you mouse know? a cookie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How often do you think we do this? You know, <laughs> you gave us an inch. We're going to take your fucking life. <laughs> um, it was very funny. He was, he was being very magnanimous about it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, that that's real fun. Uh, great uh, comedy clubs, Portland Helium, as consistently like very good, mm -hmm. funny shows. Um, yeah, yeah, mini golf. Uh, our zoo's great, and I said that before. It's a really really good zoo. Mm -hmm. Reasonable art museum. It's not as good as the ones that I grew up near in Chicago, but it's still good. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, and as far as just being in America on the Fourth of July in general, like I don't know, just be receptive. Pe people are going to be like. At, uh, 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 if, if my experience, like being around, uh, Americans who are around foreigners on 4th of July, mm. they're going to be very effusive with their hospitality, uh, to a degree that is probably going to be uncomfortable. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it just, uh, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of go along with it. And, you know, it's, it's not a, you know, it just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a holiday where you hang out in the backyard, uh, sweat a lot and eat a lot of very heavy food. Yeah. <clears throat> pretty, pretty easy. Pretty chill. Yeah. 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 Not a lot of, not a lot of effort required. Yeah. Should we move on to media questions? Do a couple media, a couple show, and then do lightning round? But, yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, is this you or me with Malachi? Uh, this is going to be you. Uh, Malachi asks as media questions. I recently, I recently watched Skinamarink, although I enjoyed the movie and it did a very good job of making me feel a certain vibe while watching the extreme artsy camera angles of hallway ceilings quickly outran their welcome. Is there any media that you have consumed that attempted something, uh, for the sake of art that annoyed you so much that it took you out of the media? Uh, additional small question. Have you seen this movie? What did you think? As someone with a young son myself, the safety knife scene made my ha heart hurt and I immediately did a childproof check around my whole house. Hmm. Uh, I've not seen it. Uh, it's on, we have a little whiteboard next to the TV of movies we want to watch. It's on mm -hmm. there, but we haven't yeah. watched it yet. Um, have you seen, seen it yet? Nope. I also want to watch it. 
uh, you know, it, it, it hit that, uh, it, it hit the Twitter hype cycle around the time yes. that it came out. People were saying, ma- making lots of big promises. Basically, I want to forget those promises before I go into it. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, you know, just see any number of discussions where, uh, you know, Twitter gets a favorite new toy, uh, and yeah. then they get over enthusiastic and tear it apart. So, yep. Yeah. And, and just like every, everything is the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get, I get annoyed at RT camera tricks all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, um, I think that it's the kind of thing that needs to be deployed, uh, really sparingly mm-hmm. to work. The most recent example I can think of you, know, I know you and I are in different pages on this and that's okay. I'm not trying to convince you or anything, but it, it really stood out for me when we rewatched, uh, invasion of the body snatchers. Oh yeah. Front filmable, like just too much clever, clever camera work. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, like, oh, their shadows are walking. They're not walking. Like, I just want that stuff to be deployed with laser precision. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it feels like in a specific moment, it's to a point, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, for example, uh, in midsummer when they arrive at the camp and that's when they do their upside down shot. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. entering into this other reality, like they're entering this other world. It's to a point. Mm-hmm. If it's used willy nilly, I just lose his power really quick. Yeah. So, uh, for me. I mean, there's an example of this like next next month, but I think uh, Norco is a little bit too ju- too a little bit too liberal with its uh, with its purple pros. It's I'm a, way too liberal with its purple I, pros. I, I am I, like I'm a big fan of uh, you know an apocalypse you know some apocalyptic uh, apocalyptic poetry, but like it needs to you know be coming <laughs> be coming out of uh, Harry Dubois' mouth if you're an apocalypse cop kind of thing or out of yeah. Inland Empire, you know. Uh, it, yeah. Or, you know, it, it, it can't be everybody, uh, who, who, who it's who says exactly that. that. Like yeah. it doesn't contrast that that's getting ahead of ourselves with Norco. But the problem yeah, yeah. with Norco I found with that is that the omniscient narrator had that voice, but then, mm-hmm. uh, many characters did as well. Yeah. A couple of characters like decidedly didn't. And those are my favorite characters in the game. Oh yeah. Like Lucky's real fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I love Lucky. Lucky's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because he doesn't talk like, uh, you know, the the spires provide fire that reflects off the eyes of the night and yeah. the parish sleeps fitfully mm-hmm. for one last month and like just everything being that yeah no yeah. um so. but yeah just like the, 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 that that'll stick out to me like i can like any of that in uh like isolation you know as a as an evocative phrase or whatever but uh if it if it is the primary voice then i get a little uh a little perturbed yeah too much mm-hmm uh, let's see here. So Andy K two fifty uh, asks. So <laughs> posits a scenario: the world has finally rejected Myers Briggs scores as a shorthand way of describing someone's core beliefs. Uh, the system that has replaced the MBTI inexplicably uses first and second edition advanced Dungeons and Dragons campaign settings as the vectors for describing someone's personality. Makes so, sense so far. So, Gary, if Cole were a first or second edition campaign setting or a combination of several, which would he be? Cole, same question about Gary if you feel confident answering. Uh, And then uh, Andy has provided a very helpful list. Uh, We're not going to read all of them because, you know, it's a lot. But uh, no, I'm happy to have this. Yeah. yeah, no, this is, this is useful. There's also ones I can't remember. Like, I don't remember what, uh, what Lankmar's deal is. Same. Um, yeah. Um, you're, so the, the gut answer for this would be Ravenloft because mm-hmm. you like horror stuff, uh, like Ravenloft forgotten realms hybrid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the rate, the horror of Ravenloft is very universal monsters. 
Yes. Like gothic horror, which is not something I necessarily associate Mm -hmm. with you. So I might give you Planescape Forgotten Realms if I were giving you two. Yeah. Uh, But the horror side of Planescape. Right. The existential stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. Uh, for, for you, Gary, um, Carator Spelljammer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, i'm a steampunk monster I, I, i'm everon von steampunk and i'm intolerable <laughs> like, um so i, I was gonna throw a, like a like a little bit of spell chamber in there actually okay uh just j- just just because of the uh of the of like the the goofiness and uh love for beholders and uh and, and such right mm-hmm. i think that uh that like that there is a certain i would say like non-conventional uh, kind of a k- kind of side to 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 a lot of the stuff you're into, but it's just a very light touch, you know, of sure. uh, a, like like a little bit of spell jammer. Uh, I'm gonna, but uh, I I would kind of split the difference between like uh between like a dark sun and a forgotten realms. Yeah, I can see that. I yeah. love dark sun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, great. Uh, I would love to have this replace Myers Briggs. Yeah, I would love to have anything replace Myers Briggs. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, dating like very easy for me. Like, oh, I'm an I-T-I-N-T-J unicorn. That doesn't make any sense to me, but oh, you're a, you're a Forgotten Realms Mistara. Mm. That's a trad wife right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're gray, gray, uh, gray, heart, gray hawk dragonlance. Mm, little, oh, okay. little meat and potatoes, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah stay at home. You know, salt of yeah, the earth. Stay at home mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, uh, uh, what, I'm trying to think for which one would be a Nazi. I think it'd be like birthright. Uh, probably birthright Greyhawk. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is, Greyhawk is, is because like, of the Nor- like the Norse stuff or the yeah, uh, the, and birthright yeah. for like the devi- you know the the manifest destiny shit. Uh-huh. And, I, I, uh huh. I've yeah. never played birthright. I don't know what that is. It, it's about um running uh like lineages, like royal mm. families and stuff, running kingdoms. It's a it's like oh, a, it's like a royal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Thing. No. I, I I need to see what what what, what Lankmar is. I've got no idea. I think, now that I'm thinking about it, Lankmar might be the Farfin and the Gray Mauser. Uh, yeah, Farfin uh, and the so, Gray Mauser. I, but I don't know what that aesthetic is. Like yeah. low fantasy. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, like uh, not not that. I mean, not that different than several of the other ones. It's just based on a licensed mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, moving on to just a couple show questions, so we get them all here. Uh, Bo says. Gary, have you uh, ever considered uh, everything to Morpheus, a podcast in reaction to one page of Little Nemo and Slumberland per episode? Lots of thoughts in there about what the Constitution means to wings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't. I love Little Nemo in Slumberland uh, mm-hmm. pages of that, even though I think it's a really hard comic to read because every page has narration that yeah. describes what characters said in dialogue. <laughs> uh, and it would be very hard for me to get over that. Yeah. Hmm. um question answered i think yeah Yeah. no that's yeah that's the answer uh chapel writes uh in an episode a few years ago you guys mentioned your break glass in case of emergency games uh at the times uh the ones that you uh the the ones that you uh, cited were chrono trigger and ocarina of time plus i think one other i can't remember uh since you've covered two of the three uh, question mark since then uh what is what has taken their slots do you have any games that you feel uh are big inevitable episodes looming in the distance um yeah you know someday we'll do mario 64 mm-hmm. uh that's a real big one um 
Yeah, I feel like there there are ones. There, there are so many games. Like when we sat down and looked at like all the games that we've done, and then looked at Abject Suffering, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Like it's just like thousands. Yeah, you know, it's like more than a thousand. You know, it, it's between Abject Suffering and this, mm-hmm. it's more than like a thousand at yeah. this point, uh, which is pretty nuts. Or like roughly around that. Like, and I don't feel like we're running out. No, no. You know? I mean, like, yeah, they're like big temples, but every year there gets to be more of those, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of like laid, uh, laid behind us too, you know? So I don't know. It's, we're, we're not really running out of track for it. You know, there's Majora's Mask, which I know we eventually want to get around to. Um, uh, it, Fable, uh, mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's like big Far Cry 2. Yeah. There's some big, uh, big PC ones, uh, mm-hmm. in there. Um, and then there's like, uh, civilization. Yeah. You know? Any number of those. Civ. Yeah. Like there's all, there's a whole, whole section of that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, figuring out a way to cover Minecraft. Yeah. Figuring out a way to cover. Wow. Like there, there are big ones up there. We have done a lot of the big, the big hits mm-hmm. and, there, but you can only mine the past for so long. Yeah. You know? You know, I think we talked a lot more about break glass in case of emergency emergency games way back when the show was um, uh, biweekly, you yes. know, or semi-weekly or whichever one's appropriate, uh, you know, every other week, uh, just when uh, WAF slots felt a little bit more rare and we only had a certain amount of time uh, to dedicate to it. Uh, and also, you know, back when we were still retro focused, I think that was more of a more of a thing. Now I've got no. I've got no compunction about pulling out a pulling out a big boy, you know, usually, you know, sometimes we will like look at the big comic book numbers as an opportunity to pull, to pull those out. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I don't feel the need to hold an awful lot back with it. No. Yeah. Not even a little bit, you know, no. and the, the, especially now that we've, uh, you know, it's no longer retro. So new big games that come out exist for that. Also, we've, you know, we've, not pivoted, but we've been doing a lot more indie stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Um, just because indie games rock, uh, you know, they're good. And it's where a lot of interesting shit's happening yeah. uh, here. Um, and there are a bunch of big <clears throat> indie games we haven't done as well. Yeah. Like if we start thinking of like the, the, um, the stars of that, Yeah, you know, that, that would be an interesting logic too. Yeah. 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 Or even, even old like stuff like mm-hmm. braid, like braid, which I, I am not as big a fan as other people, but things like braid or like, uh, that early wave. Yeah, stuff would be yeah. interesting like world of goo mm-hmm. when's the last time you, has anyone ever talked about world of goo seriously <laughs> you know? I don't know like it'd be fun to talk about world of goo seriously mm-hmm. you know that's a good game yeah yeah uh shall we lightning round yes we shall lightning I'm, round. i'm gonna propose for next uh dispatch as well let's do them backwards let's do game questions last yes yeah. so we don't get through proportionally more of those mm-hmm yeah, agreed. But uh, let's go lightning round. Yeah, uh, I'll start here. Randall asks, favorite kind of donut? Uh, apple fritter for me. Apple fritter is real hard to fuck with. Uh, I like a sour cream donut. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, nice and uh, nice and crispy on the outside, like glaze, but still very moist on the inside. Kind of perfect oh. density. Yeah, love it. My uh, my fa- my runner up is a crawler. Mm-hmm. Crawler. I love a crawler. Crawler is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andy ask a uh, question mainly for Gary. Have you gotten around to watching the Willow TV series yet? If so, what are your thoughts? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, see above, uh, you know, having a, a giving a shit tax. And yep. I know that seems like not a TV show that you'd have to give a shit about, but I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, and yeah, so, uh, and also kind of surprisingly, like Liv was into watching it, but she was not as psyched as I thought she would be. 
so know. we've been, yeah. you know, she wanted to watch the X Files, and I wanted to watch that as well. So that's kind of what yeah. we're working our way through. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Doug asks, uh, so you are given unlimited funds and copyright access to adapt adapt any IP to a game. What IP do you adapt, and what kind of game is it? Um, there's nothing in this question. It doesn't say that hasn't been adapted. You're right. Before, so it's it's the safe answer would be my X Men Tactics or my immersive sim like X-Men game. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're plopped in the middle, you create a mutant and then you're plopped in the middle of a oblivion sized immersive sim thing. Like if you're mm-hmm. nightcrawler, you can leap around in a second floor windows and shit like that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of my safe answer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would probably say like dark tower as a, uh, kind of like a, uh, uh, I don't know, s- somewhere between like a disco Elysium and, uh, like a, you know, Baldur's gate, you know, turn-based kind of uh, RPG mm. kind of deal. Yeah. Kind of surprised there isn't a turn-based like CRPG of Dark Tower. It feels like yeah. that would have come about in the the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Has uh, uh, Tyler says, I took a nap last night and when I woke up, my apartment door was open. <laughs> Uh, th- were you trying to, were you trying to ask a, a 911 dispatch? <laughs> uh, that's a different dispatch. Um, nothing was missing and my cat was with me, but boy, am I freaked out because I live alone. Y'all, y'all ever woken up by some weird shit before? Uh, nothing like that, but you should look up frogging uh, with a pH. <laughs> you might've gotten frogged. Yeah. Go, go, go and check your closets. Uh, yeah. see if there's evidence that, some, that somebody has been frogging. That, that is scary shit. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's obviously it's possible that your door just didn't latch. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like a, a breeze opened it up, but that is, that is scary. That's never happened to me. Um, <laughs> just like yeah um, no i don't care for that at all yeah ebgbs <laughs> yeah just like um uh yeah that 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 example kind of blew out my palate for this it's hard to think of anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that matches that like i'll hear a weird noise or something yeah but it's just you know house settling oh mm-hmm. you know what I, I i know i know something i uh uh <laughs> My grandma used to be uh, in the habit of putting it like a, like a mint on my pillow. Okay. Because, you know, she, she lived in our house for, you know, like a, a good portion of she the year. at a hotel? No, no, no. It was just yeah. like a nice, a nice yeah. thing that she liked to do. I think she learned her from hotels and who, who doesn't want to like grab an Andy's mint when they, you know, come home for the day. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I neglected to realize it was there one time. Uh, and I woke up in the middle of the night uh, s- just with my side of the bed smeared with brown stuff mm. uh, because uh, because it like kind of like fell down onto the sheets and melted. And I, for all the world, thought that I shit myself. Uh, uh, but in reality, I just slept on a chocolate. Without no. knowing at all. Yes. Like if you can sleep through that, that is, that's mm. the scary part. Yeah. It's like, what else could you have done? Oh yeah. No, it's a, just a, could have killed a man. Yeah. <laughs> could have killed or been killed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, KL writes, what was the last thing, uh, to make you feel the emotion best expressed by sickos.jpg? Um, like it, it, this is going to make me sound like a, like a idiot because nothing will come of it. But I, I was pretty happy when Trump got arrested. Yep. That, that was a real like, yes, yes. Even though I wasn't oh. naive enough to think like, oh, we got him. Yeah. But yeah. I was feeling like, you know, this probably made him a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, he probably just, didn't like this. That's good. Pro- he probably he'll, had a bad day. He'll probably get a you know, stress out enough. This might cause some kind of episode. Yeah. That's exactly fine. like it might yeah. make his heart explode or something yeah. like that was, you know, that was gave me a real like, 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seeing, seeing people's reaction to it was real fun too. Just all of the, you know, chicken little stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like that, uh, I don't know that that happens for me a lot, you know? Yeah. Like just cause I follow that stuff pretty closely. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely got that feeling about that. It was a good, good feeling. Uh, oh I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get that one. Uh, just, just because I also follow, I follow that six second game trailers, uh, Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. which is mostly like anime titty Picross games. <laughs> it's like yeah, 90% almost that, yeah, 90% yeah. of that by volume, but sometimes something will come across and like, I'll see in the video, like somebody moving supply shelves around, like oh. from a management <laughs> point of view. And it's like, Oh yeah. I saw, I saw one in particular was like, it was a city builder that was like set in feudal China. You know, oh. I was like, oh, oh fuck, a feudal China P- city builder, give it to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, God, yeah, give it to me. Uh, <laughs> Just I, real... I had a, a little bit when I uh, was playing through the Resident Evil 4 remake and in my head was uh, having an argument with a Tulpa that was saying that it uh, um, obviated the first one. Like somebody having the argument like, oh, why, what is even the point of playing Resident Evil 4 now that nope, there's a remake? No, no, no. Uh, and in my head, I, w- I was like, okay, motherfucker, you just <laughs> you just brought a fork to a fucking gunfight and just started laying out things in my head. Uh, absolutely mentally dominated this version of me that I created. <laughs> it was uh, oh, very funny. God. Yeah. Uh, no. and you, you know what, when I saw what the, what the regenerators looked like in the RA4 remake, I also did a little, just do just because of the Grinch bot. Oh was yeah. Like, oh fuck. They give him Grinch bot. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I was nonstop being like, yes, but it was a different, yeah. it wasn't so much a sicko. It was like, yeah. this is meant to be good. And it's also really good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin says the last of us showed us that video games can be made into mainstream media adaptations and be beloved by non-gamers and gamers. Like what game do you think, uh, would you like to have get the HBO treatment? I'm going to throw something out there and this is, this isn't something that's been a long thing. I would like to see, and this, uh, this almost feels like it could be made if it were a more popular property, Mm -hmm. uh, tyranny. Oh yeah. Like hit that, uh, that game of Thrones recapture some of that lightning game of thrones superhero shit yeah yeah game of thrones but with powers uh and explicitly like somebody coming in and taking over you know for for two extremes of like an absolute shithead yeah an Mm anti-hero kind of series like we're we're real into our watching people be real shitty on tv yes phase right now Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that that you could get some delicious evil going on with tyranny yeah, getting some delicious would be real good. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I don't know that I have an example for this because a lot of this, like a, a lot of the very low hanging fruit uh, ex- examples are uh, uh, like already being done. Like mm. there's already a Fallout series being made. Yeah. There's already mm. uh, like there's Disco Elysium being made by Amazon, which is fucking just <laughs> wild. wild. Uh, Witcher already came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like low hanging fruit stuff that I think would like very naturally lend itself, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I have an answer for this. Sorry. Yeah. It's tricky. Uh, Quinn writes, do you think you will cover Wo long? I, I, I'm not interested in it. Uh, Gary, like I don't want to unilaterally decide. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I've followed it a lot. And I've watched a lot of people have discussions around it and Mm -hmm. the idea of like a Neo three 
that is harder than Sekiro in a lot of ways, but doesn't have as good level design mm-hmm. is could not be less interesting to me. Like I'm, I'm still not over my, you know, not wanting to play a mediocre souls like with, with not interesting levels mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and if, even if we do go back to doing like 3d souls likes, which I'm sure we will. Um, I think that there are other ones I want to cover beforehand. Yeah. Um, personally. And I, and yep. I, I don't like the three kingdoms. Right. Uh, I am, I, I don't like Olubu. I'm, I'm done with it. I, there's mm-hmm. just, it's weird that there's just like infinite games set about that story. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, it's not, I understand that I'm not trying to be, you know, Amerocentric. Like I understand it's very important. It would feel like to me, like if there were like, tons and tons of games set in the revolutionary war Mm -hmm. or something like it. It's just, it really feels like that crew of people, those outsized personalities have been mined. Yeah. uh, To me, at least it's kind of like journey of the West, you know, like I've just, uh, I I'm full up. No demand. I just, I just seen the story enough times. Like it's not. And, and again, like I'm not trying to sound a mirror or Eurocentric. Like, yeah if we had the same saturation for Knights of the round table, you know, Arthurian legend, we have pastiches that take place in medieval times, kind of things, yeah, yeah. but it's not the same characters. Like what if like there were many, many series of games that all had Gawain and Lancelot mm-hmm. as just characters. And they would show up and you were supposed to be like, Oh shit, it's Lancelot. I know this and this and this about Lancelot. I don't think there's anything that quite does that as much as three kingdoms. Yeah, does that I can think of in media and it it just feels like what more is there to say or do you know Mm -hmm. if if you're just real into that period like I could see just wanting more and more of it but I just I don't have that interest yeah you know I fired it up uh and I thought it felt weird in my hands so I so I put it down that 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 is the luxury that game pass affords us yes <laughs> you know so and that that's precisely what game pass exists for uh so never is a strong word uh but um yeah i uh, yeah. pro- probably not near the top of the list for me i'm not i'm not a team ninja guy no yeah. I, I i don't i didn't like neo very much i don't i just don't like them very much yeah so uh, oh, don't, I thought I thought of an answer for the previous question. Uh, oh. the, the the adaptation one. Uh, and this yeah. is so uh, this is so obvious. Yakuza. Oh yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see that doing really well. Like um, almost like a uh, board boardwalk empire mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like um, yeah, a long running crime. Yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah. The trick would be incorporating the side stuff, the goofy stuff. Is, yeah. You know, so like the tone would be a little tricky. Hmm. Like there aren't a lot of TV shows. I think that match that, that tone, <laughs> the, the, no. the wild oscillations that the, yes. the that, that series does. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good answer for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey says, uh, I picked up certain bits of useful and evocative terminology while listening to the network, such as business claw and pleasure claw, uh, <laughs> that dichotomy and the sliding scale of human, uh, bisection from easy way to hard way. <laughs> you have a favorite <laughs> duckfeedism of which you are particularly proud. Um, I, d- I do like the, 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 the codifying, the, the different ways to cut somebody in half. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's across the street, not down the, down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm so into it that I, I I don't even know that I can come up with an example of something because it, uh, so much of it also is pulled from other places. That, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know if like from the inside if I can say this. I, the the one that I I 
feel pride in because I, I used it in short stories before I started describing games this way, but I think it's a really useful descriptor is sitting in a bathtub while it drains. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was like something that I, I did in creative writing classes uh, would say that, but I think it's a really useful descriptor. Mm-hmm. Like that is a feeling and yeah. it's a feeling that pops up in games a lot. It does. So, so the, yeah. the, the sinky deployment. Oh no. Disappointment. This is not going to get better. I think yeah. a Russian roulette with a Gatlin gun is also a really yeah. evocative and useful phrase. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have a random chance of this thing happening, but it's not, it happens so infrequently yeah. that the excitement is drained from it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry to disappoint you with no answer on that. No, no, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't disappoint me. <laughs> didn't, uh, just didn't disappoint Jeffrey. Jeffrey's yeah. fine. Uh, Nick says, uh Oh, you've touched the magic. And then there's nothing there. You've touched the magic blank and it has drained you of all of your musical skill at any instrument you've ever played in exchange. You are now a master at an instrument you have never tried before. Uh, what would you pick? Ooh, I, I would like to be able to play the violin really well. Yeah. Like to stand in a room and mournfully play a violin. Mm hmm. Like that's is that just seems very nice. It's a very versatile instrument too. You yeah. know, like you can play can a become lot of a fiddle genres. at a moment's notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have touched a violin. I have attempted to produce a tone from a violin. So I don't know if that uh if if, if that takes it away. That if it if if it does, then I would say a cello. Yeah. yeah. Uh the thing with a cello is like getting it out. Yeah. Like it yeah. sounds great though. Like it's mm-hmm. a great, great tune. Yeah. Sound. yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I like those instruments that are like the you know, kind of like the middle ground between uh treble clef and bass clef, you know, kind of deal. Sure. Like just like a, you know, a, 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 a tenor sax, you know, kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Saxophone is the funniest instrument to play. But I, but I, I played that in school. So I lose that. Yeah. I, I lose that ability. Yeah. No, no, I, I just mean it's a very funny thing to switch to that because like, you know, just immediately, you're, you're just alone in a room playing saxophone has such a different tone tone than playing a violin alone in a room. Just naked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Charlie on the mountain. Like, yeah. uh, Lucky says, uh, if you could be sent back in time to your childhood self, what game would it be? <laughs> or if you can uh, send a game back to your childhood self, I just... So. <laughs> That's my fault. If you'd send a game back to your childhood self, what game would it be? Uh, That's a great question because like the tastes have changed so much. Like my childhood Mm -hmm. self didn't like the same things. Yeah. Uh, So it would have to be something that like was adjacent to things I liked. So like maybe um, like Shovel Knight or something. Yeah. You know, young me could have gotten like, like, whoa, holy shit, you know, from that. Um, uh, I, I counter for this in my answer here. Like if I could send the final fantasy seven remake back to my 10 year old self and be like, Oh, you think this is cool? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Just like here's this, but more kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of deal. It's, it so relies on the final fan. Like you had to played final fantasy seven. Uh, like it's I so was, in conversation I, with the history of the, the, I, game. I had played, I had played it by the time I was 10. So do you, well, yeah, but do you think it would have the same impact if there wasn't 30 years of nostalgia? Between I, now and then, I, I, I don't know feel that, like that it feels reliant on like a myth that got made up around that game to me. Yeah. To work. Uh, I, so graphically, I'm, yeah. Like you'd be I, like, I, oh, I, the, you think if it looks cool, here's if and you'd like lose your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking about what would have impressed me when I was 10. I, mm. I wasn't necessarily looking, you, you know, I, I, I appreciated Final Fantasy seven on its own at that point. Uh, not even just for like the, the, the mythos that it built up and the way that it, uh, 
uh, kind of uh, uh, appreciated over time there. So mm-hmm. like for my, for, I knew that my 10 year old self would be like, holy shit, this is what games will mm-hmm. be, you know, kind of, kind of deal. Uh, you know, even gotcha. if I've got problems with that as a product. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm not even saying it as a criticism. I it, it just, my understanding was that was a big part of the meta appeal. Yes. Was yeah. it being uh, in, in reference to that stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I would send a steam deck back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man instead of a game imagine yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh ruin the timeline or you <laughs> could send back uh you know vampire survivors and be like hey just invent this and make a billion dollars oh yeah yeah you know <laughs> like you I, you're not gonna like this very much young gary but, uh-huh. but you can this you never have to work again yeah so yeah here you are <laughs> uh what does, uh, what does andrew say andrew says top three favorite national or ethnic cuisines go uh there have been updates on this recently. Uh, the top spot, you know, for me has always been kind of contested mm-hmm. in terms of like ethnic uh, cuisines. Uh, previous tie uh, taking the the top spot now, though, Korean. Mm. Fully Korean pilled. Yeah, uh, yeah. For for ethnic foods. Like, I love Thai food. Uh, we went to a really great Korean place. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about bulgogi. I was thinking about bibimbaps. Uh, Korean. Love Korean food. Yeah. Um, this gets into like, tr- like, tr- like tricky stuff. Cause you're talking about like authenticity, you know? Yeah. So like, if I said Indian food, like basically if, if, if I, if I have a choice, I will go for that, but mm-hmm. understand that I mean the very specific kind of, you know, British Indian food, what, what, what we get here in America. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. that, that, like that, that would, that would, that would be pretty near the top. Uh, there would also be like, uh, like Vietnamese or, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, let's, let, let's say Vietnamese cause uh, mm-hmm. I will always fuck with a pho, you know, I, I wish I liked pho more. Yeah. Not a big pho guy. Hmm. There's ne- there's never a situation for me and they're not trying to give into or anything or mm-hmm. anyone, but I was thinking about it. Uh, you, you put a gun to my head a hundred times. There's mm-hmm. no situation which I'd rather have pho than ramen. Like fancy ramen. So I was also gonna say I was also gonna say Japanese specifically for ramen. I'd, mm. I'd, I'll I'll fuck with both. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd like I like I like those. Yeah, a brothy soup. Yeah. I might I might go if I were gonna top three them. I might go uh, Korean uh, soul food, like yeah, Southern yeah. barbecue, and then sushi mm. might be my top three. Sushi burns real clean. Like it just I always feel good after eating it. Yeah. So. You know, and I mean, obviously you've got, uh, you know, American, Italian and, um, um, American Mexican in the mix as well, but that just feels so fully, it's not remarkable in the way that some of those others are. I can get those here where I live right now in nowhere, Ohio. Uh, American Italian's not on there for me. I don't like American Italian restaurant doesn't do a whole lot for, for Gary, but Mm, food, food is one of the more is like everything's subjective. And then food is like crazy so, fucking like subjective all, all, all it, ultra subjective yeah yeah it's like the only thing more subjective than say like music mm-hmm. you know like you can just listen and be like this sounds like fucking shit and someone's like no this actually is awesome uh yeah. and there's no discerning it like there's no <laughs> articulating it it's the same thing with food like every time you know live get something i'm like oh are there cucumbers in it because i i don't i hate the taste of cucumbers mm-hmm. and she's like that's so weird i'm like yeah it's, uh, there's no ex- explanation mm-hmm. it's just uh you know they just taste really bad to me yeah. Can't explain it. Um, bad taste. Uh, Moni says, uh, hi guys. As somebody who likes watching fighting game, special move compilations, when I'm drunk, I have one simple question, 1000 slashes or one huge punch. This is such a good question. That is a good question. Um, 
I love a, a big heavy attack in a thing. Wow. So I, I, I'm the other way. I like the thousand yeah. slashes. Nice. Yeah. Takes all kinds. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there's a, there's a shonen, uh, like a gross shonen platonic anti-ideal of it. I can imagine mm-hmm. for both of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but if I'm just thinking about like a big, I'm thinking about the big slam punch at the end of a smash brothers combo. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, big impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I'm thinking of, um, like, like Meta Knight's attacks in smash brothers, you oh, know, sure. the just whoo, flurry of blades kind of stuff. A thousand hand slap. From yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that yeah. shit. Uh, and weirdly, don't like SMGs in games. Yeah, uh, which are the, definitely a thousand hand slaps. Because uh, <laughs> in games, you want to do more than slap. A fighting game, they can just make it arbitrary. Like, oh, this tiny little feather touch. Like, ah, suggest feather touch. And it, and it does, like, <laughs> decent damage. And then in real video games, it doesn't. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, let's see here. here. Yeah. Sean writes, weird question. Y'all frequently reference Pregante. Uh, or something similar, and I cannot for the life of me recall what it is from. It is also uniquely ungoogleable. Uh, it is uh, hard to to Google. Uh, there is a YouTube guy who did it, uh, who has two videos. I don't know uh, if they are canceled or anything. Um, so you, if if they are, I'm not endorsing them. Mm-hmm. This. But they did two YouTube videos of uh, mispronunciations. One of them is about pregnant. Uh, it's very funny. Like how many women per year get pregnant? Uh, <laughs> things like that. They're just Yahoo answers. And then I found a follow-up one, which is about uh, Ouija boards. And that <laughs> one's great. Like is okay to burn the Luigi board? <laughs> like, just great Yahoo questions. So if you put in like Yahoo questions pregnant into uh, YouTube, you'll find it. And then I also recommend watching the, the Ouija board uh, one. It's very good. Yeah, uh, the YouTube video that uh, this specifically this is pulled from is called How is Prangant Formed? Yeah, Prangant. <laughs> How to get Prangant. It's just enjoying words. Yes. You know, like uh, is all it is. So again, I hope that person has not been is not a monster. Yeah. Uh, final question here. Eli says, with the release of RE4 Make, it's officially Resident Evil Spring. I've been playing, uh, watching and listening to all things Resident Evil. I recently picked up the audiobook Itchy Tasty, The Unofficial History of Resident Evil by uh, Alex Aniel, uh, aka CVX Freak, uh, somebody who's done a bunch of GameFAQs stuff, um, and was wondering if either of you have read this. I am now uh, 1,000 times more interested knowing that it's CVX Freak who wrote it. I have heard of yeah. that book before, but I didn't know that connection. I figured That's it was just cool. some guy who decided to write the history. Um, yeah, if it's CVX Freak, I'm down, but I have not listened to it. No, I haven't checked that either. That sounds really cool. I'm, you know, going to have to get a copy at some point mm-hmm. um, of that. Uh, the hardcover is pretty expensive right now, but the paperback's fine. Yeah. You know, reasonable. Uh, I'll take a look. Mm. Um, yeah. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Let's read uh, responses. Indeed we shall. Uh, quick reminder just to everybody uh, to keep these brief um, and, uh, you know, specific. Yeah. If at all possible, you know, uh, nobody's getting the wrist slapped or anything. Don't want anybody to feel bad, but just, uh, it is good to keep these, uh, breezy and down to specific observations. Yeah. About two paragraphs, I would say, uh, makes the yep. ideal kind of response. Um, yeah. So just, uh, j- j- just want to let folks know that way we can fit as many people in, uh, you know, honestly, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm going to get started here. Uh, we're talking about Ender Lilies. We got a lot of responses about Ender Lilies, Gary. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it also uh, kind of a corollary to that. And then to uh, the last point, please, uh, you know, it's our intent to hurt anyone's feelings if we don't read your response mm-hmm. as well. It just means uh, the basic gist of it was covered by somebody else. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, Patches writes, I wrote in about Axiom Verge uh, when you all covered it years ago to say that uh, what I like about a Metroidvania like versus a Castlevania like is that Metroids really lean into different damage shapes. Uh, and I think that's one of the places where Ender Lilies is great. Sure, I ended up with a few spirits I really liked as a build, uh, but that uh, each spirit was pretty distinct and had some lore tidbits made uh, hunting them down feel worthwhile. I agree. That's a cool thing about Ender Lilies. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, no, it just, uh, it, it's weird that you're associating that more with Metroid because I, uh, this, the specific damage shapes, you know, like damaging something up into the right sub, or yeah, sub weapons. Yeah. I think, you know, the sub weapons, yeah. but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also big shout out to patches who, uh, before when we found out we were doing, uh, Ender Lilies told me not to do the secret endings that it wasn't worth it. And I forgot. <laughs> and then did it anyway so the uh yeah I really you fucked up. <laughs> yeah i just i just forgot like my memory is getting way worse i'm getting old yeah. uh you know i i feel like i used to have like i kind of prided myself on my memory i had like a pretty good memory and now i don't uh-huh. uh so i apologize for that uh chapel uh says ender lilies irritated the shit out of me it had been on my wish list for a long time, and when y'all said you were doing it for the show, I was excited for an excuse to play it. I hated it almost right away. This game made me realize how important an aesthetic is to me, and had me making very unfavorable comparisons to one of my favorite games of all time, Blasphemous. In Ender Lilies, the first 30 minutes has you walking through a boring-ass brown and gray village while a baby Goo Goo Gaga <laughs> over deep underscore emotion underscore piano dot wave place in blasphemous the first 30 minutes has you walking past crucified pixel monsters with their full bush and tush blowing out in the wind the old bush and tush hmm. uh and like how boring is the blight even grading on a scale for proper noun lore events that's bad again compared to blasphemous is the miracle both are pretty generic vaguely defined apocalyptic forces but whereas the miracle has a little bit of irony built in and ties into blasphemous's theme of the cruelty of religion the blight is just the bad juju souls like games often feel like original songs written by a tribute band they love their inspirations but don't really have anything new to say that is a really good analogy yeah yeah well well put there yeah. um yeah like i Ender Lilies, you know, which to me, like a solid C, like I had some fun with it is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not going to think about it very much. We talked about this in the episode suffers incredibly as soon as you bring out any other 2D souls like. Yep. Like comparing it to Blasphemous, like you're right. Like I think mm-hmm. we probably pulled out Death's Gambit more in the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, comparing it to Blasphemous in terms of flavor is fucking absolutely hell damning to it. like <laughs> yeah i mean yeah not a lot's gonna stand up style. to blasphemous in terms of in terms of flavor that, that's the exact you know? thing it's 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 a nuclear bomb and then it's like a fly yeah. you know so like a gun would kill the fly a fly swatter would kill the fly but it's absolute overkill like <laughs> totally eclipses it yeah. i don't think there's one thing flavor wise that ender lilies does that blasphemous doesn't do better yeah Agreed. Yeah. Or grime, even shit. Or yeah, I fucking love grime. The two D Souls like split space is really competitive. Weirdly yeah. competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of those are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
PJ writes, I played this game initially through Garrod uh, and got the Great Hammer, my main weapon for the rest of the game, uh, and then fell off pretty hard due to uh, difficulty backtracking, searching for secrets, uh, and just not knowing if I was bad at platforming or didn't have the necessary skill. Uh, about a month later, you said that you were playing it for WAF, uh, and my wife said that we should uh, pl- uh, that she would play with me uh, so I could finish the game. She's not into, quote, hard games. Uh, but she's played Horizon, Portal 1 and 2, Uncharted, and all the recent Tomb Raiders, so searching for 100% of hidden things uh, is in her wheelhouse. I usually am also a find-everything gamer, uh, but every new action was so tedious to try in every unfinished room with no way to mark the room. Uh, the main reason I, uh, uh, That's the main reason that I dropped it. Uh, We got through the rest of the game and got 100%, which ended up being rewarding, uh, but almost solely because we passed the controller back and forth together. I'm not really sure uh, if I would have finished it on my own, which sounds uh, a lot like your experience. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Yeah. Yeah. It is one of those things, too, to clarify. Like, I didn't hate uh, Mm -hmm. Ender Lilies personally. I I just, yeah, don't uh, didn't like it that much. Yeah. Like, it's fine. This is fine, but it, it would have been, it, I would have quit if it wasn't for the show. Yeah. Same. Yeah. You know, and just for sure. other, other stuff is more interesting. Like uh, shit, man, like every single one of those 2d souls likes that we just named has I, DLC I that DLC. I haven't played. Yeah, I know <laughs> it burns me up inside and Hey man, there's an immortal unchained DLC. That's supposed to be pretty good that we never got around to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, the, uh, I never thought about taking this kind of game and splitting up through couch co-op to, to share the burden. That's no, a good idea. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Similar uh, principle to watching a bad movie with somebody else, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, it makes it more fun. Uh, Eric says, I'm slightly conflicted about Ender Lilies because while I adore the atmosphere and vibes of it, I found that the play doesn't always quite live up to that side of the game for me, especially in the second half. I thought the game relied too much on combat gauntlets and rooms with locking doors and was just overall a little too punishing. In particular, the area with the poison atmosphere felt like a bit of a bridge too far. That said, even with those complaints, I ended up loving the game. The music is melancholy and beautiful and was one of my favorite game soundtracks of 2021. The gorgeous visuals do an excellent job of setting a matching mood and tone, and it became very attached to the story and Lily herself, even getting a little emotional during the final boss and ending. Ender Lilies is basically sad piano music in the rain, the game, and that is 100% my shit. I know he's going to love the game the instant that you step out in the rain near the beginning in the White Parish and the main theme kicks in for the first time. I can definitely understand the game not landing for everyone as it does have flaws, but to me, they mostly fade in the background as I bathe in the sad, haunting atmosphere. I don't think Eric and, listens to us anymore after hearing us clown on that white parish music. <laughs> that that specifically, I was going to say at first when it was just the soundtrack, I was like, you know, it is a good soundtrack overall, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but that, that sad piano uh, and really the piano isn't the part. It's the baby vocals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that make me want to die uh, and not listen to it. <laughs> but then again, this is like the weird hold my beer month because I, uh, you know, I, I finished under Lily's as a man, that was pretty fucking mid. And then uh, sexy brutal, which I hated. And mm-hmm. then in Underlay, like, I'm like, man, I hate fucking hate that song. And then the Corey was like, did somebody say my name? Who runs in a fight now? And just <laughs> You're the devil down the well and he brings up bad water. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like non nonstop the worst needle drops I've ever heard in my life. Uh, isn't it being a weird month for that shit, man? <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> 
Hey, Do a soundtrack swap of those two games. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Zane, Zane rates. I agreed with all of your complaints about Ender Lilies, but let me add one more. The manufactured pathos they crammed in after bosses. After winning a hard fight, I was rewarded with a vignette, uh, which tried to get me to empathize with the boss and their former life. I was reminded of the anime Demon Slayer, where our good sword boy, uh, all capitalized, uh, kills demons. The demon reveals a tragic backstory and sword boy feels bad about it. And this is held up as a great advancement in storytelling. The game like the anime plays this card too often for it to work. Uh, and it feels manipulative and cheap. Dark souls made us empathize with Gwyn and Vendrick and others because the games saved this trick for big moments. And because we knew something about these characters before we encountered them rather than after. That is a very good point. Uh, yes. It makes me wonder whether that is a shonen trope, because the first thing that makes me think of that, like, here is your backstory after you beat a boss is Metal Gear, mm -hmm. um, which at the time was very, you know, interesting. Yeah. Like, oh, like this person's actually just a sad freak. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not mean. But in retrospect, I much, much prefer that you get to know the person before fighting them. Yeah. Like yeah. that, uh, that boss background knowledge is done better through from soft than any of those other examples. I think like, especially and they do cool things. Like you're going through an environment that teaches you about them, you mm -hmm. know what they're like. And then when you finally meet them, that can be used for anticlimax with Gwyn or Vendrick or for climax. Yeah. You know, like you go through, uh, you know, you eventually meet the nameless King yeah at the you know something like that and you go through this area that explains everything about him it's so much stronger to do it that way than to be like surprise the person mm -hmm. you, you know th this oh don't that this naked woman she was forced to eat concrete as a child <laughs> that you learn after you you fight them uh because kojim is a hack it's just uh, it, it's it's cheap right it's what like are you okay about? what <laughs> <laughs> and another thing about kojim <laughs> the, the uh but no yeah it's a hack it's it's a gotcha yeah. You know, you fought him. It's, it's like, oh, you know, like just, uh, uh you know, uh, over spicing with, with, with unearned guilt. It is a yes. cheap way to add, uh, you know, uh, the, the signifiers of emotional complexity. Yeah. There's a, there's a good way to do that too. And the way that you do that is you pepper and you can do it without having it be the dark souls way and pepper it in through tone. Yes. Uh, see shadow of the Colossus. Mm -hmm. Like even before the reveal, what you're doing feels kind of sad and wrong. Yeah. In that game. And they just do it through music and animations and stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's not just like, imagine if you, the, the Colossus fell down and then just told you how it was forced to eat concrete as a child. Words are, you know, what it comes down to is words are very cheap. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, like you can, you can put as much in that violates the, you know, show don't tell, you know, kind of thing. Yes. Uh, and it'll, it'll pass muster for enough folks. I don't think I'm, better because i've definitely fallen for some of i've definitely fallen for some of these in the past but like you know words are cheap you you, you can just throw in dialogue that it indicates exactly how you are supposed to feel yeah it, it's it's anything that is that obvious is that cheap but words are the cheapest yes like i i will also sometimes resent music that's like time to be sad now mm -hmm. you plink know music plonk. that pops up plink plonks welcome to the plink plonk zone this is telling you the emotion to have like i don't particularly like that either uh, but it's, it's way worse if a character just says, Hey, actually, just so you know, I was really sad before you killed me. 
<laughs> you know? <laughs> FYI, yeah. you monster. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Moving on to uh, Sexy Brutal uh, statements. Daniel here says, I replayed Sexy Brutal once I heard it was coming up on the show. I still find it to be a fun, small puzzle box of a game. I do think its story overreaches far beyond what it earns. When the player's mask comes off and it turns out that you too are the owner of the mansion, the shark had been truly jumped, diced, and served on a bed of rice. No hard feelings over y'all hating my sponsored game. Oh, Daniel, sponsor this. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, your ranty episodes are some of the funniest ones to listen to, so I'm looking forward to it. I do want to know, though, where does this sit compared to Soul Reaver? Because it usurps uh, what I recall as one of the most loathed games played on WAF. I will take that Raspberry Award as a badge of honor. Uh, I'm glad Daniel did no hurt feelings. Absolutely yeah. not intended. It mm-hmm. is a nightmare scenario that somebody sponsors a game and then we don't like it. And then they yeah. it, they were very generous with us and all we did was hurt their feelings. Like yeah. the alternative is unacceptable too, but it just, I don't, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Same. So I'm, I'm very glad that Daniel uh, did not seem to have that. Um, yeah. And I would say that Sexy Brutale uh, goes down a lot easier than Soul Reaver. Yes. Uh, Soul Reaver, you, you spend a lot of time controlling a guy that's hard to control and doing puzzles that are dumb. Mm-hmm. Like it's much longer. It's incredibly repetitive. Yeah. The other hand, Soul Reaver was also a product of its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is not, Yeah, you know, that this is modern. They could have done anything. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty tricky to like figure out which one I think is a worse game. Uh, for me. <laughs> kind I, of judging it by two different standards because yeah. of the distance between, between when they came out. I think, uh, I think sexy brutal is more misguided as a product. It doesn't yeah. justify itself as much as soul reaver did back in the day. It also doesn't, didn't break my heart because I liked soul reaver when I played it as a kid yes. and then came back to it and was like this fucking dog shit. Uh, yeah. so I didn't have that feeling. Mm-hmm. but for yeah for me for me it's it's you know a real bottom 10 uh kind of waff game but it, it's i'm also putting on trial for a lot of things about vibes based game yeah yeah so uh yeah. dylan writes the episode on the sexy brutal which would be an amazing name for a 1983 speed metal band uh made me think about how adventure games must be one of the hardest genres to make a real quote game experience out of On the one end, you have your so obvious it's insulting gameplay uh, that might get by on pretty images, but fails as a wireframe, which the sexy brutal falls under. Uh, But on the other end, uh, you have what I call the walkthrough simulators, uh, games that are so opaque with ridiculous logical leaps that you're not uh, so much playing a game as following instructions. Both of these reduce the player's experience to little more than a straight line uh, as exploration is either obviated or made intolerable. But that glorious sweet spot in between the two makes for amazing games. I didn't really play many adventure games growing up in the 90s, uh, but I'm surpri- I've surprised myself uh, with how much I've got into them over the last year. The Last Door, Kindergarten, Devotion, Strangeland, and World of Horror uh, feel like they get that balance. The last door in particular felt super accessible in reducing the point and click possibility space while still challenging the players to intuit connections. Uh, thanks for the episode. Even if I have less interest in playing the sexy brutal than I do listening to the a modern mega death album. Yeah, that is the balance, right? Mm-hmm. There are games even on that list that I feel like don't actually hit that balance. Like I don't remember being too engaged puzzle wise, like in devotion. Yeah, which is yeah. a game I fucking loved. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a uh, a movie that I really yeah. thought was 
a great movie, you know, a yes. little bit more than that, but it was closer to that side of the continuum, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but it, it is a balance, right? Yeah. Like, um, you don't want to, with games that have like the moon logic thing, mm-hmm. let me, let me re- re-rack with games that have the moon logic thing. The thing that I find in my experience is that it's one or two puzzles that are pure moon, moon logic, Yeah, but in those, I still get a nice cruising altitude of puzzles that are a little bit more demanding than a devotion in the last door, but aren't walkthrough simulators. Yeah. So even Gabriel Knight three, which is where the, the, you know, the ultimate king of moon logic adventure games, uh, the poster child for that has mm-hmm. that ridiculous cat hair puzzle, but it also has all of the stuff with the computer yes. with, uh, charting out the grail locations, which was just like a good puzzle. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no, no caveat to that. That's a good puzzle. Yeah. Uh, right no. there. I find that the lion's share of adventure games that had get that criticize that, criticism throw at them it's only a few puzzles that really do it yeah and you're gonna big, spend a lot of time in a good challenging space big standout yeah yeah so, yeah i don't know that i have too much more to add other than i need to go back and dip back into world of horror because a lot of content has been added yeah yeah i was, I was still looking forward to playing that at some point yeah have not played it uh moving on to the quarry uh Malachi says, my wife and I have recently been on a horror kick. This game did a great job of scratching that itch, even though I thought it was overall flawed. These flaws range from minor UI hiccups, like maybe brief descriptors with each interactable object, so I at least know what I'm going to be getting into, to more major annoyances like decision options uh, not being clear. Deciding for Jacob not to splash shouldn't mean drag Emma under. Uh, And choosing run shouldn't mean Laura should kill power to the whole fucking house and let the werewolf out. (laughs) Uh, I also feel like the ending was kind of a wet fart. The only camper I wasn't able to save was Max. I made the stupid decision to let him try to swim to shore, leaving the island, which is essentially an anti-werewolf shield. (laughs) A stupid, stupid misstep on my part. My punishment? Look at his dead body for 10 seconds during the ending montage. There's no closure (laughs) to anything, except for if each character lived or died. In doing some research after playing, it turns out there are over 130 different endings. I really feel like the quantity over quality approach really had a negative effect on the overall product. It, I don't think it's the the quantity. Like they didn't sacrifice quality for quantity of endings. That's just mm-hmm. if you have that many different combinations of survivors. Yeah. It's more they just don't. It needs a coda. It's missing it really a, a falling action part. Yeah. You know. Just see the episode where we talk about the relationships between these characters being the thing that got us the most interested in them and then having that just not be addressed at all. Uh, How how they may have been changed by the circumstances of the uh, of the night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, well said. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, Doug writes, I previously wrote in on the Until Dawn episode to sing the praises of the multiplayer implemented in the Dark Pictures games. In my mind, those are the preferred way to play those games, as the collaboration uh, and perspective shifts in the multiplayer versions of the stories best mirrors horror movie tropes. Unfortunately, this system was not put into the quarry. The multiplayer is more like a watered-down version of Super Mario Galaxy, uh, where the second player's only function is to alert the primary player to uh, interactable objects in the environment by shining a light on them. Uh, So when my buddy and I sat down to enjoy a new multiplayer experience, we were sorely disappointed. Uh, but decided uh, on a backup remote system where we would switch off who was in control. Uh, It wasn't the same, but uh, it was the best substitute that we could think of. Uh, Really looking forward to your coverage as always. uh, And hopefully you enjoyed it with a big, I don't know what that means. It's a (laughs) reference to uh, werewolves of London. Oh uh, yeah. 
Hopefully you enjoyed it with a big dish of beef chow mein from Holy Fuchs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That is the werewolves of London. I didn't Uh, recognize that lyric. Yeah. 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 The, um, you know, a a really crappy cover of a really great Kid Rock song. (laughs) Uh, I don't actually believe that. It's just the. uh, Did Kid Rock really cover? Werewolves yeah, he did. Uh, I that think it's Kid is... Rock. They they're, like took the didn't cover. He did like the sampled it, just like oh, yeah. just sang new crap over it. Did that thing? Yeah. Just the whole song presented without change. <laughs> which is new lyrics. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not messed around with the multiplayer in these other like we. I just do the couch co op uh, mm-hmm. committee decision. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, and it, it's so it, it's a different like weird secret co op for it but mm-hmm. will has talked about those a lot like the way that um the dark pictures games do co-op and how it's really neat it's super cool to try it because because you play as like opposite ends of the same conversation you know mm. so like the like both both players are picking dialogue and reactions um okay. yeah it's it's pretty neat actually that's yeah. cool yeah. yeah, I imagine uh, I've never done it but because uh, I've only I've only played it what single player but divinity original sin one has a similar yeah. thing where yeah. you have, uh, yeah, conversations that you get into with people and you can have different um, opinions on it. And then you do a rock, paper, scissors <laughs> to see which way you go. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. neat. Um, moving on here. And this is, hold on, my Google map, my Google document is being weird. Uh, the frames always end up being odd for this. Who's a, whose comment is this? Naveen. Naveen. Uh, Naveen says, uh, I was so excited to hear that you guys are going to cover The Quarry, one of my favorite games from last year. Supermassive Games has become one of my favorite developers for a variety of reasons, but mostly because they create short, no-fail experiences that feel less like you're taking on a project, looking at you, 40-60 to 60 hour AAA game du jour, and more like you're over here to have a fun experience and move on. Consequently, even their 6 out of 10 games, like Little Hope, are still fun times, especially with someone next to you to react to all the wild stuff happening on screen. Thankfully, The Quarry is not a 6 out of 10. It is easily the studio's best work in te- uh, since Until Dawn, in my opinion. The story felt sufficiently malleable, with the necessary constraints and linearity cleverly hidden, at least on a first playthrough. The casting was almost all perfect, and the use of Hollywood talent, though recognizable, never got in the way of the story being told. Playing the game on a Series X also let the graphics really sell the environments and character models. I don't think Supermassive will ever get completely out of the Uncanny Valley, but their engine appears to get more lifelike or at least less distracting with each passing game. Interestingly, the game remains locked at 30 FPS on current gen consoles, but I appreciate it as an artistic choice here. It kept the filmic quality to everything, which, along with the film grain filter, also sold the atmosphere quite well. Quite well. I do hope we see more of these big budget narrative games in the future. Not only horror, uh, of which many tropes and subgenres remain unexplored, but also like to see a playable romantic comedy or tense courtroom thriller using a similar structure. Are there any other genres, settings, or other aspects of film you'd like Supermassive or another studio to tackle in a game like this? Man, courtroom drama would be real fun. That's that's a fun one. Like in the episode, we talked about how horror is really perfect for mm-hmm. this, and and I agree. Like I I think a romantic com- yeah, I still agree with that. Uh, like a romantic comedy would be tricky. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, you'd have to write a lot of funny lines. You, uh, you really would. <laughs> you know, that's, that's hard to do. Um, but a courtroom drama would be a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And th- there's kind of versions of narrative, other genre things through, uh, golden age telltale stuff. Yeah. yeah. So like that tales from the borderland game, everyone likes, like, I don't like that quite as much as everyone else does, mm-hmm. but I played the first episode and liked it. And it is a, a comedy adventure. Yeah. You know, that has legitimate smile out loud moments. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's know. it's a hard question to answer because I am who I am, and I love horror so much anyway. It just happens to be that there's a whole studio devo- de- devoted to making this kind of thing that I eat up. Yeah. Yeah. You could do some hybrid stuff. Yeah. Like some sci-fi horror. You could do some uh, horror comedy, I feel yeah. like. I like, think the, like they're already kind of horror comedy, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Lean into I mean, more. Yeah. The next uh, Dark Pictures is going to be uh, space, space horror kind of thing. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. Sci-fi yeah. deal. I'll be curious. Mm. Yeah. As to uh, how that works. Um, yeah. I, I, I would like to see them try it, but yeah. as also mentioned, I also need a break from these mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit because yeah, we've done yeah. a lot of them recently. All and things in time. Um, and locking it at 30 frames per second is good. Although the coward should have locked it at 24 if they were going for film for yes. filming stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love a 30 FPS. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in my veins. Um, yeah. Uh, let's announce what we're doing next time. Let's do. Uh, so we've already announced the games that we are covering in May. Uh, mm-hmm. so if you have thoughts about those, they are, uh, Norco, uh, the Bard's Tale. The 1985, 1985 one. Yeah. yeah. Not the re-snarked edition or whatever. <laughs> uh, and also um, the premium episode for that month is going to be Super Mario Bowser's Fury. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Going to be real fun. Uh, June's games, which we're ready to announce now. Uh, this is a fun stacked month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first episode in June we're doing, we're going to air our live show that we did mm-hmm. at the Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, this is an hour long talk with, uh, Bob Mackey of Retronauts, uh, as well as audience participation about the concept of seven out of 10 games. No, yeah. Um, I could have talked about this for way longer. Same. Like there's a lot more to this, this whole thing. It mm-hmm. almost makes me want to like do this topic multiple times in live shows or like <laughs> yeah. revisit it because it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, um, but yeah, that was a good fun time. Um, and we had, a, we got some spicy meatballs coming up at the end of the month. So yeah. we're making some space. Yeah. Uh, the next game, uh, is Infernax. This is a, yeah. uh, modern indie, um, a game with a throwback retro style that, uh, models itself after a game that most people have tried to forget Zelda two, but they shouldn't yeah. have for- forgotten it because yeah, there's good uh, ideas there to pull. Eventual off game. Undoubtedly yes. like that. Yeah. That's kind of a break glass. Sicko's yeah. break glass. Uh, thing. <laughs> it, now we've done Castlevania too. We can, we can do whatever yeah. we want. Yeah. Uh, this is a cold pick. I'm really excited to play it. Yeah, uh, I really want an excuse. Um, episode 400 of uh, uh, Watch Out for Fireballs. Oh, yeah, that's right. One. That is 400, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Episode 400, the big 400. This is a sponsored episode from friend of the network, Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing Pentiment. Yeah. Obsidian yeah. game uh, takes yeah. place in, uh, in a medieval monastery. Uh, lots of reading, lots of uh, choices, lots of very heady discussions of faith. Uh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited. I'm really glad that, uh, obsidian as somebody who like, you know, who enjoys that studio has mm-hmm. gotten their kind of critical groove back Yeah, yeah. after grounded and, uh, outer worlds, mm-hmm. um, which people felt were pretty mid, uh, or worse. I know people hate those games. Um, yeah. I still have not played them, but, um, I'm looking forward to playing this. I've wanted an excuse to play it since it came out. Yeah. And the only thing that stopped me from doing it was knowing we do it for the show. Yeah. Almost, almost assuredly. Uh, and then probably surprising no one, uh, our premium episode is the Resident Evil 4 remake. Yeah, we, we got to get that in because it's gotta good. Got to get that in. It's so yeah. good. Uh, the you know generalities will be us talking about what's different, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that, and then we'll go beat by beat. 
through it. It is different enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the, for me at least is going to be the game to beat this year in terms of like my game of the year shit. Like yeah, I had so much fun, uh, playing that it's going to be really hard to, <laughs> I, I, I stopped it and then just immediately started new game plus and went through like four chapters. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I was just like, yeah, this is, this I'm, is I'm good home, stuff. Baby. <laughs> uh, and I started a, a, a play of resident evil for the original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which I didn't get as far in, but just kind of to be like, mm, mm. I, I don't know, man, in a different universe, Resident Evil four could be my forever game. Like I can yeah. learn to speed run it and shit. Mm-hmm. I just, I love it so much. It just feels perfect. I don't, I don't for me, just for me, there is mm-hmm. no better action loop. Oh uh, yeah. Like yeah. kneecap, you know, suplex knife, <laughs> that good, good, slow combat. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I feel the same way about the, rhythm of resident evil four combat that people do about Sekiro, <laughs> you know, like there's no, there's no flailing. There's no instinct. It's all slowly lining up your shit, mm-hmm. taking the shot and making it count. And just, it feels yeah. so good. Managing movement, <sighs> managing your corners. Uh, Fuck yeah. 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 Like, Oh, it makes absolute sicko. Just pig and shit. <laughs> like absolute, just piggy, piggy, piggy boy for our forest. <laughs> Love it so much. Um, and uh, uh, they didn't fuck up the remake and it's different enough. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be fun to fun to kind of revisit and just kind of, kind of, kind of talk about why the original RE4 uh, is not uh, not overwritten not by this. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm so happy to have both. It's it's a stronger argument to me, even than the Demon Souls remake for like the Holy Spaces. Yeah, re- yeah. you know, remake argument like it's a lot less drastic than the RE2 remake, which is basically a different game. Yeah, yeah, but it, it just feels really good to see these things through new eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's God, I love Resident Evil Four. Yeah. Uh, why do they keep making games after that? <laughs> I, I just—they <laughs> basically fixed it. I—I yeah. I don't know. I. So the, if you want to write in about those, uh, the deadline is June fifteenth at duckfeed.tv/contact. Mm-hmm. If you are a not straight, not white, not cis, not dude person, and you'd like us to promote your project, send me an email at Gary at duckfeed.tv. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode, I want to shout out uh, Audrey Brem's podcast, which is called Radio Free Tote Bag. Uh, this is a sex and relationship advice show, um, which is her uh, and her co-host Donovan, uh, and they take listener questions and do kind of bits and give advice. Um, it sounds a little bit like what I was trying to do with uh, Heartbeat City, but better. Um, they've gotten a lot of cool people on the mm-hmm. show. Uh, they got the lead singer of Eve Six on there. Uh, Vic Berger is on an episode. Oh, shit. Uh, which sounds super cool. Um, you can find this anywhere you look for Radio Free Tote Bag. Uh, mm-hmm. So check that out there on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find it on any uh, podcast service. That's a, that's a really good name for a show. It's a really great name for a show. It sounds great. <laughs> like it sounds really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you for reaching out, Audrey. If you have a product or a project you'd like us to uh, shout out, that is the way to do it. Send me an email mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we'll shout you out. Yeah. Um, if you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash duck TV, uh, and get bonus content. That's how you get to the full versions of the premium episodes, the RE4 remake, uh, and Bowser's Fury, but also all of the previous ones as well. Yes. And future um, ones. Yeah, and future ones. No more. The last last yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's at the uh, the five dollar tier, along with a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, we like to think it's worth it. You get a lot for your uh your buck. Yeah. Um Rate, please rate and review uh, and subscribe on your podcast directory of choice uh, where you can find us. And as always, big thanks to Gwen, uh, mm-hmm. our producer, uh, who yeah. we love and who does great work for us. Yeah. i um, trying to think of other, other stuff, but I can't. 
we'll just uh, we'll see you next week with Norco. Yeah, we will. Uh, Umbasa. Umbasa. La Fasa. Love Fossa.